0: If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go: Mind Pump. Mind Pump with your hosts Sal De Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode
1: of Mind Pump, where are we at, dude? In this remote episode, we're here in Austin, Texas, in the uh, on it. Fletcher House. Uh, find out why it's called. Man, the Fletcher shout House. out to the
2: boys at on Aubrey and Kyle, our boy Kyle Kingsbury, Kit Kingsbury, the director of Human Optimization, hooked it up, them. setting us up. Yeah, hooked. They red red carpet treatment, man. This time down. So for the cool. first
1: forty minutes, uh, we have our introductory conversation um, until, and then we get into the questions. But before we get into the questions, let me go over what we talked about. We talked about the Fletcher House. Find out why it's called the Fletcher House. The story is way less interesting than you think. (laughs) (laughs)
3: We overhyped it.
1: We talk about using melatonin as a drug. Uh, We talk about cloning primates. Uh, Should we be doing that or should we not be doing that? And are we going. I
3: am frightened.
1: Have you seen Planet of the Apes? Yes. I have. We talk about the evolution of human beings, the plugged in versus the unplugged people. Yeah. That's a great uh, way to uh, categorize them, Adam. Plugged in versus the unplugged, unplugged people. They come, you know, they live yeah. underground. They come out. <laughs> uh, we talk about Trump's tariff on Chinese solar panels, dumb economics. Uh, and we me t- mentioned the Organifi green juice. Now we are sponsored by Organifi. If you go to OrganifiShop.com and you enter the code MindPump, no space, you'll get a massive discount. We also went over Doug's Health IQ. Uh, life insurance policy quote. He actually got uh, way better prices from Health IQ, who is also now one of our sponsors. Um, and by the way, if you if you think you're going to die sometime in the future, <laughs> which is all of you, uh, you probably should get life insurance. If you go to healthiq.com forward slash mind pump, uh, you'll get uh, something cool. Then we get into the questions. The first I'm question. The first question was how has fast food changed over the years and what does the future of the industry look like as far as menu changes in order for these huge businesses to survive as people become more health conscious. burrito tacos. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> fire Cheetos. <laughs> yeah, fire Cheetos. The next question was, uh, this particular individual says that we like to discuss insecurities as being a major factor. We've got lots of them. In issues. How do we recommend people get over insecurities and more specifically, what has helped us get over our own uh, Justin has an insecurity with his extremely handsome good looks. Yeah, we talk about that. In we some, hug so. it out.
3: That's how I deal with it.
1: The next question was: Is it possible to build a food intolerance to seasonings? Like, can you get a food intolerance to garlic? This answer will surprise you. Now I'm Italian, and I think garlic is the food of the gods. Mm. Uh, so what do I have? You're to Probably say about a this? vampire if you can't do it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a, God, what if vampires just have a bad garlic intolerance? Yeah. Damn it! <laughs> that's like all it was. <laughs> that's, <laughs> the final question that's the was root of this <laughs> the like, final question was gluten. this person says that their their dad is diabetic and uh, that's what motivated this person to have a healthy lifestyle and it kills them to see their dad feed their disease every single day and they feel helpless. What strategies do we have to help her or him convince their dad to change their diet? To, uh maybe salt. Lots of uh, what nuggets? Did you call that last night? <laughs> Lots of uh, what kind of nugget nug-
2: bombs? Lots of nugget oh bombs in that one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I just made that up. Justin and, uh, hashtag nugget. I bomb. have to live with it now. I hey, did. you know it's what?
3: Nugget bombs.
1: Early this morning, Justin woke up and dropped some nugget. Bombs. <laughs> I dropped, I'm dropping nugget bombs all over this all fetcher house, over the place. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, sorry about that, Kyle. I want to mention something extremely important. Now it's been it's been brought to my attention um, that there are some. Uh, some, I guess there's some wars being waged right now between different clans of people fighting over the extremely rare and valuable Mind Pump t-shirts that we're giving out. <laughs> I want to say this here. Uh, we do not uh, wow, condone wars? violence. Do not be violent. There's plenty of shirts to go around. If you want one of these shirts, don't go to war with your neighbor. Yeah. All you got to do is get yourself one of our bundles, one of our fitness bundles. And what we're going to do is we're to throw in a free t-shirt for doing that. I mean, these shirts are... Uh, majestic is probably the best word that I can, I can say some people have had mystical experiences putting on these shirts. Um, I'm making up all that, but they are free and they are t-shirts and you will get them if you enroll in one of our bundles. Now we have several bundles. One of them is the build your butt bundle, which is maps, anabolic and maps aesthetic with a mod where we teach you how to use them to target your glutes. So if one of your target areas is your butt and it's just not growing, get the build your butt bundle. If you're somebody who wants to be an athlete, but also wants to be sexy, in other words, you're concerned with aesthetics and performance, then you get our sexy athlete bundle, which is maps Aesthetic, maps Performance, and a mod that teaches you how to merge them together. Now, if you're neither of those things, but you're just super fucking serious, if you're like, look, I want everything. I'm super serious about my fitness. I want to transform my body as fast as possible. In a way that works, I want my pe- my metabolism to get faster. I want to be stronger, more muscle. I want to be leaner. I just want to be generally uh, a better human overall. Well, the bundle for you is the MAPS Super Bundle. It's one year of exercise programming. In other words, from day one, you get workouts. You get exercises that we teach you how to do. We tell you the reps, the sets, the phases, the adaptations. I mean, we're basically coaching you through that entire year, through all of our programs, We've put them all together. We've discounted discounted them something like 30% off. It's the Super Bundle, and that also comes
3: with a free t-shirt. You know what else I heard about our shirt, Sal? What? It's like armor against idiots.
1: Armor against... I like that. Armor against idiots. That's what I've heard. So if you want a free t-shirt and you're serious about fitness, just go to mindpumpmedia.com and enroll in one of our bundles.
2: We are... Turn these fuckers down. Coming live, dude, from the On It house.
1: From the Fletcher house. Yeah. The Which ont- uh, they named this house the Fletcher House. Ratter. When they first told us, you guys, by the way, uh, Kyle from the Onnit uh, franchise or the, the, ultimate, uh, the corporation, director Corporation.
2: Hu- the Director of Human Optimization. Fucking
3: powerful title.
1: Great guy. We love him. And he's shown us phenomenal hospitality. They put us up in the Fletcher House. I'll be honest. When I first saw that, that we're going to stay at something called... The Fletcher House. I was a little bit.
3: I wanted to know the backstory.
1: Yeah, I'm a little worried. I'm like, why is it the Fletcher House? What did Fletcher mm-hmm. do there? Yeah. Right. And why was it branded that? And then it's we drove like a up to the
3: historical like mass murder.
1: Yeah, and then right. we drove up to it. And it's on Fletcher Street, so I think it's. Yeah, yeah I, think I, think it's I think that's it's probably, probably pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Nothing
3: cool about that. I
1: thought there'd be a cool story behind it when we asked Kyle. Like, I, why I, is no. it the Fletcher House? It why? wasn't
3: haunted either. I was a little worried last night. You know, you didn't get uh, you Stay in a new place. It might be haunted. You
1: didn't hear weird noises or anything at night.
3: No, but you know, in my closet there's like an extra little tiny door and No, there isn't yeah yeah did you open it no i was like i didn't want to open it You're up scared is it locked yeah uh no it's open i'm gonna check it out tonight and oh, see if there's the- any little gremlins in there or anything i need to get rid of bro yeah i feel
1: yeah. like there'd be like Ayahuasca ceremony or something. <laughs> <Down there. laughs> you know? Yeah, there's like, <laughs> that's like
3: a secret entrance. Yeah, you know? like you,
1: you open it up and there's like people like we've been waiting. Yeah,
2: yeah. I'm, I'm digging the house. Hello. I really like it, man. I actually haven't even been upstairs to check out your guys' whole little pad up there. I mean, down oh here God. is so nice and cool. I like the I like the modern feel to it. Dude,
3: the, it's a brand new house, man. It's nice.
1: It's uh, fully stocked with uh, stuff cool. we can eat and and on it products that we can use on our skin, like the soaps and all that stuff. And yeah, I have to say. The shampoo and the soap is uh, it's nice. Yeah. I like it. Is it is nice. It's, uh, it's pretty good. We're not even affiliated. And I'm giving them a plug. It's, cause it's I know. It's because it's, it's good stuff.
3: You used some of their melatonin last night. It was good. Did yeah. you
1: really? Oh, yeah, you did. You sprayed that right in your face. Did yeah. you just do one spray My or six eyes. sprays?
3: Uh, no, I only did a couple. I did good. Like two.
1: Yeah, because uh, it says to do six sprays, which is three milligrams of melatonin. Mm-hmm. That's too much. Yeah, That's a lot. That'll cause your it'll body to – produce. Well, no, it'll make your body produce less melatonin. Yeah,
2: but you have to do that consistently. Not one time is not going to hurt you. They, yeah. In fact, there's some benefits to doing like a mega dose after flights. I can't remember. That's to
1: was- reset your circadian rhythm. Right. Uh, there, but there is – You know, it's interesting. We don't know the, how that feedback loop works. For example, if I gave you – If I give somebody uh, testosterone today – we know how much that'll affect your testosterone immediately and uh, and you do get an effect right away but then it bounces back and if you stay on testosterone for longer then it affects it more we don't necessarily know with melatonin right like if I give you one big dose are you going to get less natural melatonin the next day or does it take you know, longer than, than that. So I don't know.
2: So if I like it, i I use it this way and I think it was, I want to say it was Ben Greenfield or I don't or some article. Greenfield's or, real big on that. Right. Yeah. I can't
3: remember he where. He pushes shit hard though. Who no, knows? I know. Of course. Yeah. So and and uh, that's <laughs> You'd be not... injecting
1: yourself with like stem cells. But and we travel, and we, we travel <laughs> and we
2: fly so much. And when we get back home, uh, this is actually, I have melatonin that sits right by my, my dresser and, uh, um, I take that like whenever we get back from a trip and it's the only time I take it. I don't ever take it any other time, but I take like 10 milligrams.
1: No way. Yeah. 10. Yeah. Do you have crazy vivid dreams? No, no, really?
2: Yeah. I sleep like a baby. I wake up the next day. feel (laughs) incredible. I feel like my, and I've done it before where I've only just do
1: one time. Yeah, like to time. make the to yeah to, okay yeah
2: one time yeah. that's it that's what I'm saying I'm, and that's why when you said that I'm like well I don't know if Justin takes melatonin on a regular basis or even. no I don't right so I don't think it would have hurt him to do six the only when sp- I'm traveling. sprays and and because I, I I've done it. I didn't just go to uh, ten milligrams I have I have three milligram and five mil I actually have two melatonin so you bottles. slowly worked your way right yeah I tried three didn't really feel like I got a, a real positive like benefit from it uh, five mm, kind of and well, I'm then- gonna drink the whole bottle tonight. I'm it, convinced. It's
1: it's non-toxic, but so or I, I shouldn't say non-toxic, but it's very low toxicity. So you could technically drink the whole bottle, but I don't know. <laughs> right, my theory on uh, this yeah, is just like anything
2: joke. else like you brought up with testosterone. Like I don't I think one one mega dose of it i don't think would would kill somebody or fuck up your 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 complete hormone profile but i definitely it definitely would not be good if you continually did that i know that for sure you know it would downregulate you for sure you it, i've heard they can be addictive too so, so the
1: researcher who or one of the main uh, the the top researchers on melatonin science and of course i don't remember his name and i'm going to piss everybody off cuz i don't but i did uh, listen to some interviews i did read some of his articles and he said that the ideal dose of melatonin is something like a quarter to half a gram of melatonin because of the effect on your own natural melatonin production. I did not hear what they said, though, about changing or helping your body adjust to its circadian rhythm. And I would assume that you're probably right that you'd need a bigger dose for something like that because he was talking about just Using it on a regular basis, right?
2: So I net, like I said, I've had this bottle for probably uh, easily over a year, and it's not even halfway gone. So I don't, I only use it when we get back because that's I notice, especially when we have somewhere here where we're a couple hours different. Mm. Mm. It's just enough to throw off my sleep, and then I kind of feel groggy the next day. Plus,
1: we get so hyped when we're around each right, other, like right? Right? Anyway. Yeah,
2: we're going a hundred miles an hour, and, Fuck, and then yeah. it's even hard for me to come down when I come home because Katrina always wants me to download everything because she's <laughs> curious about everything, <laughs> you know. And and we've tried this before. Where I'm like, hey, let's just not talk until tomorrow, you know. Yeah. Then that's awful, you know. what I'm saying so, and it eventually comes out anyways. And uh-huh. so, you know, once I I rattle off to her late at night, I have a really tough time sleeping. So I will do this mega dose, or I call it mega dose. It's two pills, you know. Yeah. I have I have five milligram and three milligram ones, and so, I just take two of the.
1: Uh, so you take eight, yeah, eight no, milligrams.
2: No, ten. So if, oh, take a five two, and a three. Yeah. Or?
1: Well, I have two bottles that I have. So you go two fives. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. So I'll do I'll do a half to a gram uh, at the most, but I do extended release uh, also. Because what I did notice, I don't know if, if you noticed this or maybe you, Justin, did you wake up at all in the middle of the night? Yeah. Okay. So what I've noticed, and they've shown this in studies, is if you take melatonin, yes, you will sleep, go to sleep faster and you tend to sleep deeper. But once that dose that you took wears off, it elicits this wakefulness response. And so what I've noticed for myself is if I take mm. a pill that's not extended release, I'll go to sleep hard and I'll sleep good, but right around like three, three AM, two AM, I'm like up. And I think That's it's because is that what happened? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I will get the extended release ones, and that typically doesn't happen when I take those. Mm-hmm. Is I'll, I'll fall asleep and I'll stay asleep. Now is the
3: there so, should have gone like another two uh sprays.
1: Uh, so, what I would do is I have some extended release. No, this one isn't. Mm-hmm. This is a spray and it's 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 immediate. There is no extended release yeah. in the spray. Oh, yeah, so obviously. they make pills that are extended release that are supposed to be better and mimic. Did a you try better. their stuff last night? I didn't. I took the nighttime on it. What is it? The pack, like pack or whatever. Yeah, pack or but something. that that had things like valerian and chamomile and. 5-HTP. and I'll, I'll Is that what you van. served all of us up? That's I what mean, I gave you guys. I just
2: yeah. trust you when you give us... I don't know. This is probably dangerous. Is not recommended. No, no, no. You can trust me. Sal, Sal just hands me pills and I just take yeah. it. He's you like, You can hey, place your this. faith <laughs> in me. If you, ever,
1: if you ever fuck with me, you probably want to yeah, yeah, be a little worried, right? I don't know, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And we were joking yesterday. What was happening yesterday? We were going to do... Uh, we were talking about today because we're going to do an interview today. Uh, we're interviewing Aubrey Marcus uh, at Onnit and we were joking around and you were making that joke how you just trust whatever I take. And I'm yeah. like... Yeah, I'm gonna give them a bunch of shitty stuff so that I can sound better than them or whatever. <laughs> yeah.
2: What were you telling you? You said, What are gonna oh, give? I was me? giving
1: you the nighttime pack, and you're like, What is this? I'm like, Ephedra. This is after you sleep. Oh, up. yeah, that's, that's what it was. You know, wear us out dude, all night, dude. So, we got some current events, uh, that I posted. Uh, two of them, one, one of them is controversial, and the other one's way more controversial. So, I'll start with the less controversial one. Uh, oh. so this is a breakthrough. Okay. This is a breakthrough now in science. For the first time ever, uh, they have cloned primates.
2: Oh, I saw you post that on the forum
1: yesterday. They where? Uh US. US is yeah. doing it. So they've Is that picture it. of the apes? Is
2: that picture the actual actual picture of them? Yeah. They so
1: so we've only cloned so far in the US. Uh, I think it was sheep, right? Dolly yeah. and whatever. Now we've done it with primates, with monkeys. So we've actually cloned. The fuck
3: is wrong with us?
1: Now, China is doing a lot of research, and this is known, on this type of uh, science. What we don't know, and always the fear of communist regimes in particular, because they tend to hide a lot of things. And hey, this is true for us too, though. Is how many? How much are they doing on humans? Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Like how much weird, shady
2: so, stuff. So going I, on. I saw you posted, and you just put stop it. <laughs> yeah. So are you super anti on hundred percent? You know what I'm because anti because let me tell you something. Especially uh, what's our Black, Black with Mirror nature. after watching Black Mirror? I have this like, what if though, bro? In our lifetime, we've not only figured out how to clone ourselves, but then also download our consciousness. So right before we're about to go. We fucking hook up a younger version of ourselves and d- shoot over to
3: basically ourselves again. But we, fucking,
1: we have way what wiser. Movie
3: is that? that I don't know where they they like grow themselves again, and then they end up like like taking uh, they put their consciousness organs. into them. That's a sci and it sounds like a sci-fi movie, for yeah. Sure, that's you your know what, that's your job. It's messed up.
1: You know what the problem with that is? The problem, is, and this is a fundamental issue with this. It's a philosophical one, but it's also fundamentally uh, it's impossible to figure out. Is Are you, if it were possible, which it's not right now, but let's say we're in the future and we've got this crazy technology, is that really you or is that a copy of you? But here's the thing: what I say, who knows?
2: Does it matter? It, it doesn't just, matter to everybody around you. It, it does, yeah, but it doesn't even matter to me or who I am or whatever, right? Or are you saying like you, I could die and then well, it's I? It's not
3: really you because it didn't really have the same experiences. As but you. it does because it's got the memory of those experiences. Right. Well, it does, a, but you have to express those memories. I don't know. It's
1: fucking weird, dude. Yeah. It's a weird mindfuck. Yeah, it's like embedded though.
3: in the DNA, but like it has to go. But it's through not its really you. Experience. So
1: like all of a sudden, like oh, yeah. daddy's it's back. It's probably a
3: different personality yeah. until it develops
2: developed. Or what it. if
1: it's exactly it's identical to you? It's got your memories, yeah. got everything, but it's not really you. And then that goes into the whole like. Like, do we have a soul? Do we have a you dude? Know, thinking more?
2: too deep on that makes me weird, get weird out. <laughs> <laughs> I get hella weird when we start
1: Would talking Would you about, let yeah, your nah, clone like beg your shit. wife?
3: That's what I want to
2: know.
1: Would I? Yeah. Only if I could watch. I know. So kind of uh, the, so anyway, so here's my problem with what we're doing is in in intel you know, the worship worshiping intellectualism or science in general, science is definitely not perfect. Yeah. Worshiping science is definitely not perfect. Anything you worship, anytime you worship anything, you got problems. And what I, what the thing that, that I fear about science has been proven over and over again is just because we can doesn't mean we should. Yeah. How many times have we fucking done this where we think we understand something? Yeah. So we fucking do We're it. We're on and a lace l-
3: to do what we can do. And yeah.
1: like uh, by all means necessary
3: without thinking about the ramifications now. It's like, like there's really no. Slowing, like there's, there's nobody with brakes out well, there, there, kind of like cautioning, like, well, what if we, what if this happens as a result of this? Well, new well, type there's also
2: that conundrum too, that like, if we're here in the United States and this is something that we're talking about doing, if fucking China way ahead of us on there, like, <laughs> yeah, we're in an arms race, race right? Yeah, if everybody was together and said, yeah. hey, listen, let's not fuck with this as a planet, and we all yeah. agree. But we can't do that, so there's so, going to be countries and, and leaders that are that are lead, right. That and are doing China this anyway. China doubles its population in the, like a year,
1: and that's <laughs> a, well. That's see, that's ah! that's the fear, right? The fear is, or the motivation many times to allow this kind of stuff is like, hey, the other guys are doing it, right? But there's a couple problems with that one, and there's another topic we'll get into that I was going to talk about uh, that that covers this also. When you have a problem, the solution is usually not more of the problem. So that's number one. So it's like. Hey, you know... I can agree with that. There's that. But there's got to be exceptions to the rule like this one.
2: Because here's the deal. Let's be honest. and And you talk about the evil in the world all the time, right? I think that China could all of a sudden produce... A million soldiers, you know what I'm saying? That's <laughs> yeah. and they like send them over. They don't give a fuck. They're clones, you know what I'm saying? Oh my send, god, send them over to, to to take over the United States. Like, See, there's a, so you got to think that we have to at least actively be on top of our science so we know that. So
1: here's the thing. First and foremost, those clones would be conscious. They don't have room for all those, those clones would be conscious. They would have their own. I know values that's and, totally yeah. exactly Right? Saying. Yeah, you you get what I mean. Though, I, where I'm going with I it. I do. But here's you know uh, here's the other. Uh, there's a few. There's a few conundrums here. I'll give you an example that's different so we can kind of understand what's what's happening here. Let's say today we all of a sudden discovered a way to stop aging. Let's say, oh my God, we've discovered the cure for aging and nobody will ever die of any age-related disease or just from getting old. And so immediately everybody embraces that because fuck, let's be honest, that is the ultimate problem of humanity is that we're all going to die. Everybody's going to experience the pain of losing someone due to age or age-related death. So it feels right, right? It feels good and it feels right to cure that. So now let's imagine everybody now lives forever. What we don't know is what are the unintended consequences of that? Yeah. Now human morality and human ethics and human thought and consciousness is now ba- was based on forever the idea that the we're finite the, that we're going to die. Like beings, yeah. what does that mean? Does that throw all that out the window? How will people act? Will people become depressed cuz they don't have any purpose? Will people all of a sudden stop valuing mm-hmm. other, you know certain things and who knows what that could possibly mean? And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying we need to like treat these things like very carefully and delicately yeah. and not be so narcissistic to think that because we can, we should, because we're so brilliant and we know all the answers and we just well, fucking do you, don't, do you man. Get,
2: I mean, do you feel that that's the way it is or could it be potentially like what I said, which is... In fear of that, there is another country that is ahead on the science. We need to be at least there on the science. So maybe we'll fuck around with some monkeys, and eventually, if they, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying like, so we're pushing the limits because we know they're already pushing the limits, and we just need to make sure that we know what we on our hands. Not necessarily that we're going to start doing this or patent it or let other people do it or teach other people how to do it.
3: It's like it's either going to be Planet of the Apes or some weird like vampire like, <laughs> world. you know, just I mean? living forever, you guys are crazy dude. You know, I don't know, man. A bunch of creeps.
1: You know? I, I mean. Uh, it's look at let's it's like the the fundamental it's like problem this con- cons- conspiracy theories right here. <laughs> dude by the way this is an existential problem this isn't just like a problem for me and you this is a hu- a human problem is that our knowledge is so powerful that we're always in these conundrums where it can be good or bad let's look at uh, nuclear power for example right. when we discovered how to split the atom like all of a sudden, we have all this incredible, uh, you know, knowledge and power at our fingertips. We could create, you know, nuclear power, which can fuel our civilizations, and if we're smart about it, produces very little waste and does all this awesome, awesome stuff. It also produced atomic bombs and hydrogen bombs, which so far has only been used twice, destroyed millions but, of people. Yeah. But if now if was
2: it was it wasn't Einstein completely scared to death of that? Exactly yeah, that man, happening. Man, absolutely, that, that was the fear of that of that that knowledge and information immediately. He had the whereabouts to think that oh, everybody shit.
3: on that Manhattan Project.
1: Dude, and so far, nuclear power has done, or, or nuclear bombs, yes, we've dropped two of them, but the argument can be said that we actually uh, probably killed less people than if, had we not used them. And so far, nuclear bombs have prevented another massive world war. So far. And so far, that may show, that may be some evidence that humans at the end of it are kind of like okay we need to be cool and not all kill ourselves mm-hmm. because if we didn't have them i'm pretty sure the soviets and the us would have gone into That's
3: interesting we almost need that like extreme we need to know where it, where the end line is you know, like that's the extreme end. Like, if we do launch one of these, it's going to wipe out most of humanity. So and, there's like, well, we're not going to fuck with this. And that's what prevents. So it prevents like, you know, this bullshit.
1: That's what prevent. Look, that's what prevents Pac- uh, You know, uh, you know, Pakistan and India from going at each other. They don't like each other either, but they all have nukes. Yeah. And so, like, well, we can't go to war. Don't you feel we'll like die. sometimes
2: that we're just kind of going through this growing pain though of totally. evol- evolving as humans? Totally. Like I, I really would think that like a, a superior version of ourselves wouldn't be more violent. I think that it's it hasn't proven to be successful forever. I think the more evolved version of humans don't look at things that way, so I feel like we are at some of the scariest times when it comes to that. Um, will it get a little worse before it gets better? Maybe you know I don't think that we'll go all the way. I don't think we'll destroy ourselves. So I think that I would like to think that humanity is evolving better better. So-
1: so I have a very I have a positive outlook like you because historically that's what's happened. But the, there have been corrections throughout our history where humans fuck up and a lot of people die and then people kind of learn from it and then you know they get better. The problem is our t- technology gets better the the reality or the potential for our fuck-ups to be catastrophic yeah become much higher intensify yeah like you know like if you look you go back in time and you're like okay humans you know they believe let's say they believed in this like uh in in certain theories or whatever and they apply them and you know look at marxism and communism and that killed millions and millions of people but you know humanity survived well what if we fuck up again with nukes or we fuck up with biological you know weapons and now it's got the potential to not just wipe out hundreds of millions of people, but everybody. You know what I'm saying? That's think, the fear, right? I think
2: it's. I think we're gonna. Fa- I think the way technology is going, we're we're more likely to evolve towards the player one direction than anything else. Oh, yeah. and then no one. There there won't be worry about war and stuff. If there will be any war, it'll be done virtually. And it won't hurt anybody, and, and we won't, and nobody will really interact with each other because they're stuck in their homes all day with some fucking goggles on their head. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. the virtual world yeah. is better than their fucking real world. Yeah, and we'll have found a way for people to still do. I, that's what I think is. I think we're building this alternate world within our world, and people are going to be plugged into it like a motherfucker. Yep. This is also why I think the counter, and we're seeing that right now. We're talking about news uh did you hear what taylor was just talking about No. The, this right now it's a 143 billion dollar industry right now is building these communities that cater to this like um you know, they, you can grow all your ve- organic vegetables in there, the way the ha- the feng shui of the house is all set up, yeah. or the light sunlight to hit it. A sur- I mean, it's just this – I mean, it, it's like uh, modern hippies. That's what uh. it, it feels like to me, but it's on the rise, like big time. Yeah. No, and I- that's the counter to this – the other part, which is, you know, we have this becoming so plugged in – so I feel like we're going to ha- we're going to see both these polar opposites mm-hmm. and they both I think will coexist. I think you'll have some people that will revolt totally. against it and they'll want nothing to do with it because we've already proven as humans we could survive without it and you'll have people that will do that intentionally and there'll be a huge market of mm-hmm. people. Then there'll be other people that don't even leave their fucking house because yeah. how many antisocial people do you already know that already have a hard time talking to people in person and don't have social awareness? This just makes it even easier. for them. look at where online dating has gone yeah. in the last like five years, I know, bro. and you,
1: I, I I agree with you. Like and
2: it was something when it first came out to be mush. You made fun of people that did online dating. Yeah. Now yeah. it's the other way around. Like yeah. oh, you met somebody in a bar. You actually went, like why wouldn't you just yeah, get online? That's weird. That's a, so yeah. that's a waste of time. That's a waste of time. You probably yeah. have to go through seven people that are nothing yeah. like you. We before. already
1: we already have evidence of that. Obviously, we we have modern societies. We have all this technology, and then we still have Amish people who who right. who, who decide not to. I just think a majority of people won't want to. You know, shun it. Most people will want to be plugged in. That's why
2: I think though it'll really be a major division there. Yeah, they I got think, to figure
3: so. out how to make like your your body not completely deteriorate yeah. and like go to complete mush. If, if you don't yell, need
2: your well, body. I think it'll go so big that there will be VR business. That's oh, for crazy. sure. You know, because people, if For sure, they'll, they'll be, all be on like still, there'll be I businesses guarantee. that are built within the VR world, and there'll be yeah. people that you're you're either part of the plugged in people or you're the unplugged people. Mm-hmm. You will mm-hmm. there'll be there'll be two real separate communities, and I think that's coming faster than anything else. And within that, I don't think there's going to be a lot of war between us. It'll no. be like that's well, how you want to live. That's how I well, live. so
1: so on that point, one of the one how the- easy are you to
3: take over though if if you're the plugged in group of people and you're just laying there right
1: <laughs> they're going to come in <laughs> well, well let, your so throat. there's two things first off i uh, you're i think you're right the the more for example today the reason why china who's the other world superpower poses uh not even a, a fraction of the threat that the soviets pose to us is because we trade so much with china because we work with them so much so we have this kind of mutual like not only mutual yeah, we destruction. Yeah, we're not to kill
2: each other because we're going to hurt our economy. Not only that, I mean, we could sense. destroy everybody. But right. if we
1: fuck with each other enough, we're really just fucking with ourselves. Right, right. So there's, uh, you know, there, there's, uh, you know, that that's a big uh, a part of it. Um, but here's another question too about like this technology. We talked about online dating. It's posing interesting problems. For example, when you used to date before, you had kind of this finite, uh, you know, amount of options that you had in front of you. So here you are, you're a person. You have options in front of you for who you're going to date. And it typically, there's there's definitely like, you know, equal in terms of looks and, you know, values and that kind of stuff. And it's around your town, people around you. But now people are being presented with a tremendous amount of opportunities, a tremendous amount of choices with online dating. Tinder is a good example of that. I think it, there's good to that. And I also think there's some unseen that's bad. Now, all of a sudden, because you have this idea in your head that you can just meet a shit ton of people. Is that going to result in the reduction of value? You just valuing- heard about the whole
2: Tender thing, didn't you? No. Hmm. Oh, so Tinder just—they uh, just got bought out um, or acquired, or uh, either acquired or this big, huge company from China invested in them, and this company is known for selling uh, personal information. And Tender's already been hacked as far as getting in and, and, and manipulating people's information that they're providing in their Tinder account. Wow. And so there's this, that, that's this, it just came, I just read this, it was in the Hustle, I think yesterday uh, yesterday or today. That's going wow. on, yeah, that's going on right now.
1: Wow, interesting. <clears throat> hey, so speaking of business, here's the other thing that's controversial. Um, and I, I, I knew it would be controversial if I posted, I put up in my Insta story. So Trump uh, just recently, um, I think it was know, a couple days ago, imposed a 30% tariff, on imported solar panels, so a tariff is like a, a tax, right? So, mm-hmm. they come in; they're imported from China. We are going to make them thirty percent more expensive. Now, uh, the, I like that. The goal. So, okay, I knew you would say. I knew someone would say that. And I figured you know it'd be you because it's you. now, why do you like that? Why do you think that's a good thing? Well,
2: because it's going to it's going to it's going to force people to want to make the solar panels in the U.S., which will keep money in our economy. And if you're going to still go outside, which is fine, you can. We're gonna make sure we make a little percentage on it for when it comes overseas. I mean, the, again, this is the, this is why, and again, I didn't go vote for Donald Trump, so I'm not like pro-Trump, whatever. But these are some of the things I like that he's doing. I think economically we're uh the decisions that we're making are better than what we were making the last five years previously. So, he, so.
1: so there are some things that I think he's done. This one is, is absolutely terrible, and I'll tell you why. There's a few, there's a couple fallacies, economic fallacies with this. This is called protectionism or protectionist uh, economics. And it's been done in the past where the U.S. had lots of tariffs and you know it never worked. And I'll tell you why it's terrible. First and foremost, it's a, uh, it's a wealth destroyer. So the reason why Chinese solar panels are so cheap is partially because China subsidizes them. So a subsidy is when the Chinese government literally takes money from their population and decides that they're going to buy down the price of something to uh, boost up or artificially hold up a segment of their economy. So China's decided... We want to protect or make our solar business better. So what we're going to do is we're going to take tax money, buy down the price so that other countries now buy our products because they're cheaper. Now, for us, the consumer, we pay less for their solar panels. But it is a a destruction of wealth on China's uh, end, which, by the way, comes back to us. Wealth, it's a global economy now. So it's terrible that China does that anyway. But the solution should not be to throw more Economic inefficiencies at it. All Trump is doing by raising the artificially, arbitrarily raising the price of a- Chinese imports is he is making the American consumer now pay more money as a result. It's just more inefficiency. And what we don't see is we don't see the unseen, which is wasted uh, wealth, uh, more inefficiencies. What we think we're doing is we're protecting our. So without but, without
2: without involving China because we don't have a say in what they do. How do you solve that problem? Because more, I, I agree with you that makes a lot of that makes a lot of sense because you're just robbing Peter to pay Paul when you right. think about it like that. But then what is the solution to that? Because otherwise our money is going to go to China because it's so, here, so much cheaper. So
1: here's the problem. First of all, our, our our money goes to China. It comes back to us anyway, and it's the money that we save, so it's good. But here's the. It's good on that end except for the fact that it's you know wasted money on their end which hurts everybody. Yeah, but you well,
2: you just grazed over that. You can't graze over that fact right there because that's the that is the point that now if they're getting charged 30% tax, there's 30% more money going going to to the United States and we're still potentially going to make money off of China because so, they're buying from China.
1: So it's no different than a, a central planner saying more money should go to low skilled workers, raise the minimum wage or the dairy industry, you know, we need to save them because they're a fundamental industry in America. Therefore, we are going to uh, ma- we're going to add a tax to that, or we're going to make dairy farmers we're going to make a law that says you can't sell milk for less because they deserve that money. It's all extreme economic efficiency. And here's the problem: the problem with economics is many times we see a problem and we think that we need to come up with a solution. When in reality, many times, most times, the solution is to do nothing. Allow the market to do what it does because if we throw it's like taking cancer, like, oh, shit, we have cancer, throw more cancer at it. That's that's not only is that a, a poor solution, but it only makes things worse. So, yes, China's doing something economically that's terrible for us and for them, by the way. It's not helping China. China's creating a lot of market inefficiencies on their end. Well, maybe that's part of his strategy, then yeah. too. Then I think his to str- make it more challenging, I, th- I think if Trump it is it could a, be more see, so on, on top the, of
3: that, like you know having a break somewhat for like the solar companies here tax wise, like, is that like part of his strategy? So
1: what I would, so that could be something different, which I would, which is always better. Something that I would, which is always better. I, that would be a, that would be something we could do because that just puts more money in the consumer and it allows the companies to spend their money how they see fit. So one thing that I would do is I'd say, Hey, since China is placing a tariff or, or since China is subsidizing their panels and they're coming over here and our guys are, getting hurt because of this type of competition then we're going to waive all taxes for sole companies here so that they can compete if they want to and that right. and that, and that like would be
3: elevate a, them into that scene and that's
1: pool. more that's more free market you see what I'm saying? So you're what you're doing. The solution. So to how it, do you know
2: that's not what he's he's going to set up and do? How do you know he's you not? He just gonna, added a tariff. Well, so maybe that's the first step in that. That may that's as well a make a little bit more money while I'm getting everything else in place because eventually I am going to level the playing field and that's going to drive everybody to go to the why why even go to China now if you're
1: getting so, the product so tr- for the same price. Trying to level the playing field by raising arbitrarily raising the price or the cost of something isn't leveling the playing field. It's causing more inefficiencies in the market. Lowering taxes is giving money more money back to the people who earn it and who also pay the price for spending it poorly, which is always a good thing. Nobody will spend money better than somebody who earns that money and who pays the price of spending it poorly. And nobody will spend money ter- more terrible than somebody who pays no price for spending it terribly and who doesn't earn it. This is just a fact. So if he lowered the taxes, that's always a good thing, anyway. People tend to our government, that, basically, right? <laughs> basically, so adding a tariff is a terrible idea. Now, if Trump is an is a uh, a brilliant, um, you know, what does he call? It? Negotiator, right? Hmm. You could, and this is pure speculation. If I'm looking at Trump and I'm thinking he's like a brilliant negotiator and he's just playing ball with them, then what he's using this as is a way to negotiate with China. Basically, say. Hey, stop subsidizing your so shit. So, somewhat strong arming him Maybe, or, maybe he's using it as a no- negotiating. He's going to wait a little bit until China sweats a little bit. And then he's going to say, fine, you remove the subsidies. We'll remove the tariffs. I could see some of that. But in the meantime, that's what I would think. In mm. the meantime, he's be, he'd be causing some pain for long-term success. But if it's, if he's doing it to get more votes from the American voter, which I think is part of it, I think he's saying, Hey, I'm saving your jobs. I think that's it, that's totally wrong and accurate. I mean, mm-hmm. be honest about what you're trying to do, but yeah, adding tariffs and adding taxes to Try to compete with other mark because let me put it to you this way. Here's what ends up happening. Here's what's happened in history. I think countries no ma- start to. Compete I think no matter. Okay, like that.
2: I think no matter what. And this is this is not just from the president. This is like when you work for a big company. When someone puts out an initiative or something they're gonna do. When it goes out to the media, you're gonna spin it to the positive, no matter fucking what. No matter what my strategy is, if I'm CEO of, of a multi-billion dollar company and I've got thousands of employees working for me, and I know we're gonna have to make some hard turns right now, and a lot of my employees may be upset because it's gonna potentially hurt them hurt mm-hmm. them right now but the long-term move I know I'm going to save this company I'm going to when you put that out to your company and you and you push it down we were part of this for years you yeah. know what that's like Bro, I it's would, no different from the president it's on, it's on an even more exaggerated level but, so then when you're making moves
1: so if sometimes, I I mean that's so if I was if I was in his shoes and I wanted to spin things right and I see China doing this thing and everybody's like oh unfair competition we can't compete with them because they're subsidizing I would come out and I'd say and I, I would I would satisfy everybody with this one. And I'd say, look, it, you know what? You're right. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to waive all taxes for solar companies here in America. That way they can sell their products cheaper. And conservatives will be happy because it's less taxes. Liberals will be happy because now it's looking like I'm valuing the environment. And China would now be like, oh, fuck. Now they're going to be selling their stuff for cheaper. Well, for, every, you know? for
2: every cause, there's effect. And you know yeah. that. And what we don't know, what I do not at least I don't know for sure what that potentially also could cause. There could be a trickling down effect that doesn't work. So that's to speculate that way and to be able to take some one little one little pat one little thing that's being put out there right now, these tariff, and go, I would do it so differently. What's like, well, yeah, it's well, really- this- and this is what I do what I hate about politics. Yeah. This is why I hate talking about it, is because people people take take something, they take a piece of it, and you could tear you could tear anything apart, or you can sure. build it up, or you could spin it however you fucking want. And that's the name of this fucking so, game. So let
1: me give you an example of what I mean of when I say the unseen, because this is the thing about economics is there's things that are unintended, and there's also the unseen. And the problem with the unseen is it's hard to sell it because we literally don't see it. So I'll give you an example. Let's say you have a town that decides to raise their minimum wage to fifteen dollars an hour, and a year later they do a study. And in that study they find that in the year that they raised the minimum wage to fifteen dollars an hour, they added a thousand jobs. Now the people who are the proponents of the minimum wage come out and say, "Hey, look, we raised minimum wage $15, and we added 1,000 fucking jobs.
2: Oh, that's one example of a million of those but that always
1: are happening. Always happening. Always. So always. Now, they're going to say that. They're going to say, look, we raised minimum wage. That's and we, all and politics we, and we still, That's why it's so lame, and we bro. Still it's add, all- but here's the unseen. The unseen is we may have added 2,000 jobs, but because we raised minimum wage $15, yeah. we only added 1,000. But because that's not seen, right. that's a hard argument to make. So by raising tariffs, by doing all these different things to to sound good to be a uh, you know uh, to be a demagogue oh to it's your, just your, like the argument yeah. that
2: Jordan Stewart was a, a tackling with uh, the feminist woman that oh, went over the Jordan whole, Peterson yeah Jordan Peterson what did I say uh, Jordan Peterson <laughs> yeah I don't know you made a Stewart
1: It's <laughs> 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 a buddy of mine that's how funny <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he said the same thing yeah geez right? <laughs> yeah. man but anyway no
2: it's a, that's the. I mean, I don't know I just I, I don't like getting caught up in, in mm. all that news because one I do know it's being spun it's, Yeah. it's always being spun I know. you know what I'm saying it's always being spun and people when it's being spun the way they like to hear it, we fucking are all pro it, we defend it till whatever. It's so and if it's something that you, it doesn't align with cards, your values man. or what you like, you're it's gonna fight for it. Game. It's like at the end of the day, none of us really fucking know, well, you know it could what, all be a bullshit fucking facade because what's really going on is some fucking scandal yeah. somewhere else. Probably.
1: Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And well, it's just in just just distract there, a distraction, yeah. It's terrible. No, but I mean, and you know, here's the other thing too charade. Well, yeah, and here's the thing too with solar like solar power, because people are always like, We need more solar power. That's better for the environment this and that the day that solar power uh, solar power becomes uh more efficient cheaper and easier to transport than uh you know carbon fuels like like oil the day that fucking happens 100% the market will replace oil faster than you can fucking blink your eyes 100% it will happen overnight it's no different. I'll give you an example 15 years ago nobody not that many people more than that let's go back 20 30 years most people didn't have cell phones. Today, most people have cell phones and that wasn't because we made some, you know, some law that said, "Hey everybody, this is better for you." It's because people saw it was better and everybody bought it. And you go to third-world countries now and lots of people have cell phones.
2: So are we going to have like the petro dollar? of so the petro dollar will be like the solar dollar or something yeah. like that? Is that what we're going to do?
1: Bro, think about that. Absolutely. That's think what
2: about they, that. they, that's what I think of right away what they would do. The same thing that we did with oil that we would do with now solar because we have no fucking gold's done. Can't do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So So now what do they do? If it's not going to crypto, that would be your that would be the only other direction I could potentially see it going in the future. Oh man, that's Makes crazy. sense, right?
1: That's fucking crazy, man. Yeah. Oh man. Hey, <laughs> thank god thank God for the green juice we have here. We have not every time we travel we don't eat enough vegetables yeah know, we've been every eating, eating a lot of meat but we barbecue veggies Bar- barbecue the green juice literally is a, a fucking life a lifesaver, and, life-saver. That's that, what, and that i mean it's not a good it's a poor replacement obviously vegetables are ideal but in a pinch though when i'm not getting any handy. i can tell the difference when i have the green juice no. into my digestion especially
3: no. when i'm a little under the weather which i've been battling this this cold and now it's just like man that thing is just i have to have that around if mm. i don't have vegetables like you know on hand i gotta have that near oh, me
1: man yeah, it makes a big difference. Doug, you you were supposed to do, um, and maybe we'll bring it up on this episode. He did.
2: He did the Health IQ, right?
0: I was going to ask. Did yeah. you do the comparison, the rate comparison from Health IQ to Yeah, I ran a other? little experiment, and what I did is I went to the healthiq.com forward slash mind pump page. I got a quote from them. I put my information. Did you in. take the test, by the way? I did 192, by the way. Wow, you peeked you, your ass. You st- oh, he's a champion. You studied. Yeah. Yeah. I did. Yeah, I studied the past 15. Hey, years. Yeah. He, yeah. hey he's, been,
1: he's been listening to every every episode That's of my podcast. He's been writing notes. Yeah.
0: So I, I submitted my information. They gave me a call back right away. I did their application process, which took maybe 10, 15 minutes, which is a standard. Life insurance application, they ask all your health questions, your lifestyle questions. So, questions like, do you skydive, for example, <laughs> all <laughs> because, the time? Because, yeah. you know, that's not a good that, idea for life insurance. <laughs> yeah, that factors into the underwriting process. Yeah. And then they instantaneously gave me back a quote. So, what they do is they go out to a number of different companies and they get back the lowest quote. And these are all top-rated companies, by the way. Mm -hmm. And I got my quote back, and then I right away took it over to my illustration software because I work with a lot of top companies myself. But there's a few that I use uh, on a regular basis. I ran exact same numbers, half-million-dollar policy, 10-year, 20-year term for my age. And these are A-plus companies. They were, as I look at my notes here, uh, Health IQ came back. Between 13 percent and 19 percent cheaper. Wow. than the Wow! Look at rates. that
3: difference. Wow!
0: I'm talking super preferred rates that I could get. That's through a pretty the big difference. I work
1: with. That's a really big difference. Yeah.
0: Now, why are they able to do that? Is it? Is it
1: because you know I haven't. I have a. I have a. Uh, I have an idea why I think that might be, but maybe you can correct me because you know this world better than I do. Is it because Health IQ, their total sample size is made up of m- healthier people. Than other yeah, they're companies. Super, they're super focused. So right? they so they because they Legend have so. a lot of healthy people, they don't have as much risk and they can pass on the savings.
0: Well, understand health IQ is not an insurance company. They're like a broker, they're right? an agency, basically. Okay. Yeah. So they're they're putting it out. They're looking they're for farming yeah, like exactly. candidates. That's right. what I'm
1: saying. Maybe these agencies know that health IQ specializes in this and they give
0: them preferred rates. Well, I think every company has different rates for their term policies. Mm. And so what they they can do is find the company that's Specializes in the term policy or has the lowest rate for those type of term policies, and so they just have a lot more options. Now, the companies I work with typically term is not their main focus, their main focus is on permanent insurance or whole life type insurance policies, and so their rates may not be as good for the term products, but their rates may be better Got it. for the whole life products. So, what Health IQ can do is they can go out and they say, okay, we have 50 companies. I don't know how many companies they have. So
1: they're country. like Expedia or, or, exactly. uh, yeah. or, or, or like countrywide that. loans, even. God, you got to love, well, if you look at
2: loans, this is how most, most yeah. insurance, so if you're Clint Eastwood, I think even Geico does it this way too is they get your information and then they go out and they, they look for companies that will be take that risk on for the, and then they, they broker it out. God, you know what's funny? Back, a lot of them do that.
1: Not that long ago, it was an agent that did that, and an agent was a, you know, a person and they would go shop a few of them diff- for you and agents in the past i believe would get different kickbacks and so they had their own preferred companies now because of technology right. they're just yeah. like they're eliminating that like here's the cheapest one right which like expedia like expedia is a great example gets rid of a lot of the bs you know how much cheaper it is now to get to travel and stuff like that because you go through a company like expedia versus going through an agent it's fucking, right it's fucking amazing so that's yeah. pretty cool good stuff doug Absolutely. What's
2: the skydiving the sky thing? Is that just because if you're, <laughs> if Higher you, risk. if yeah, well, you're probably more likely to take risk if you've skydived. Right.
0: But... So they ask questions. It's like, do why skydive? Why do you not go car racing? racing? Do you do skydiving? Yeah. Do you ride the a most motorcycle?
3: Risky thing do you, you can do. Yeah.
0: Do you fly? Like, isn't it private pilot? Do you do spelunking? Yeah. That's one of the questions. What's spelunking? Spelunking's cave diving. Cave
3: diving. Yeah. yeah.
0: So they ask all these questions about high risk activity. So scuba diving. What's that's the like, one where you
3: jump off like of a oh, building? Base jumping. Base, so that I, I I saw some statistic like the most deaths out of anything. Oh you man, can it's do crazy! Is, is have you seen jumping. those people
0: those uh, wing
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the
0: scroll suit. Those people suit. die all the time. Those guys yeah. don't
3: have life insurance. Yeah, there, life was a, there was there's a <laughs> documentary that, that came out that and they were like following all these people doing that and uh, I believe it was like it was six out of ten people from that documentary died.
1: Yeah what yes. i don't recommend it you know what's funny about yeah
3: i feel Within like the, like a, a couple of years i
1: feel like we need a certain amount of fucking danger and risk in our lives and if, if we make our life too safe because of modern technology and stuff we end up going out and just creating it we, well we you have know what i'm saying we're <laughs> yeah. either like we don't get chased we're by a either lion. adapting Adrenaline or optimizing when we
2: go through these phases right where and even that think of it in extreme sports i, I think yeah. extreme sports is one of the best examples of that yeah. like someone learns how to do like the backflip and then for like the next year or two,
1: everybody, does everyone's
2: it. perfecting that and yeah. learning to do that and they broke through that. Then, Dude, all that's a sudden, why someone, roller coasters are awesome. Someone pushes the limits to the next thing. Oh my God, a double backflip. We've never seen this before. Dude,
1: you know, it's funny. So first off, why do humans, I know why humans desire that because at some point that was an advantage evolutionarily because somebody took the risk to go taste that food nobody's ever had or takes the risk to go kill that animal to feed everybody. But uh, it's funny because I think animals do the same thing. Like, I don't know about you guys, but You know how many times I've been driving down the road and I'll see like two squirrels on the side of the fucking road and one of them will, right before I get there, run across the street and the other one will just watch. And I'm like, is that motherfucker (laughs) showing (laughs) off to his, how many, have you guys ever had that? Yeah, of course. Where they're like, watch this, watch this. A lot of squirrels that don't make it, bro. Yeah. Yeah. They don't always make it. He's trying to get some squirrel tang. You know what I'm saying? Showing off. He's like, hey baby, watch this. I'm fearless. Well, after I, I'm convinced
2: you're probably right. After watching the, the the Planet Earth two again and seeing how like all the, the way these the way the mating happens and the territorial, it's pretty crazy, man.
1: <laughs> it's pretty funny. And then yeah. reading
2: reading uh, Jordan Peterson's book, right now going through the hierarchy of the of the lobsters and how they how they deal with stuff, which is pretty it's pretty funny <laughs> how they just fucking take from each other. It's just how it's worked.
1: Fucking forever. Animals. We're <laughs> just animals. We yeah. We're animals too. All right. Bring on the bird. <laughs>
2: Qua. The eagle has landed. Chimera Qua!
0: Today's Qua is being brought to you by Chimera Coffee. It's the only coffee that is infused with all natural nootropics for a cleaner, calmer, and more focused buzz without the crash. Click the Chimera link at mindpumpmedia.com and input the discount code Pump at checkout for 10% off. It's the motherfucking Qua! The eagle has
1: landed! Quee Qua!
0: Our first question is from Farron Holt. How has fast food changed over the years, and what does the future of the industry look like as far as menu changes or mergers acquisitions in order for these huge businesses to survive as people become more health conscious? Man, now, I don't know.
2: I don't know. I think it's a really, really good a question? question,
0: bro. Think about it. Think Ooh. about when we were
1: kids. Yeah, no. There's always a, there's a healthy. Menu I'll give you. On every fast I mean, no. I'll yeah, give you one example. Efforts. But. I'll give you one example of how it's evolved. Okay. I was. It's so funny that you pick that. You pick this question, right? Yeah. Okay. It's so funny You pick. I this really one. like
2: it. I think it's a really good. Yeah. It's a very good Stop question. Provoking.
1: So so trip off this. So I was on. I don't remember what what page I belonged to on on Facebook, but I belonged to all these groups, and then someone posted a picture. Of a Big Mac, a Big Mac. Excuse me, a circa like 1987. Oh, I've seen this. And it was the old tiny dude. The, no, not the, just that. It Mac. was the old uh, no 1986. It was the same size. You're going further oh, back. Oh. The Big Mac was the same, but the the container was the old styrofoam. You remember the styrofoam containers? Oh yeah. There is an example of how the fast food industry has totally evolved. Oh yeah. Because Re- all recyclable. It stuff used now. to all be styrofoam. Everything was styrofoam. Your burger, your everything was in these styrofoam containers. But pressures from consumers right. who were like, no, that's terrible for the environment, forced everybody. Now everything's in a in a wrapper and it's right. biodegradable. Right. So there's a good example of how things have changed. In well, that's how
2: okay, so I think that's an well, excellent point because that's the direction I see it continuing to evolve and then offering healthy options. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you're gonna slow down the consumption of the garbage food. I think there is a large majority of people that There'll know be
3: a demand that for know
2: it. damn well that it's not ideal for their body, it's not healthy, and they're actually Dude the just majority cheap ass shit. The person asking this question <laughs> yeah. probably falls in the category of the no, in my gullet. No, you're right, you're right. Look at the marketing in the last five years. How much? It's all about the dollar, the two dollar, now the three dollar menu. Yeah. It's all yeah. about it's all about saving money, getting that's more calories. All they have. Do you
1: yeah. know, you know, like, you know who buys, buys all, all that? By the way, do you know who who buys? Uh, who's the market that is targeted the most with the Cheap, fast, and yeah, you know, and the weird. I would assume
2: it would be single mothers with three kids, no, and shit like that. It's
1: not. So I thought the same thing. Truckers. It's not. It's young men. Young mm. men, actually. Really? Yes. If you watch the commercial now, pay, now, now, pay attention. If you watch Taco Bell commercials, if you watch uh. McDonald commercials, if you watch Carl's Junior commercials, the gordita crunch, Dorito covered this, that, and the other, and it's put it in your face, and it's fucking awesome, and like it's,
3: stoner students,
1: it's young dudes, and the reason why it's young dudes is because women. Have been marketed to longer for health, for longer. Women have been marketed to. I need to be healthy, and mainly it's because they want to look. The, right, yes, right, right. dude. You know what I've seen? God, what a great point. You know what I've
3: seen is like the merger of like all these sort of like novelty foods that are like Doritos becoming part of a fucking taco. You know, and it's <laughs> like they're they're trying to like like merge a lot of like our our, our old memories together and like put it in this. Well, thing that's like a fucking. There was also
2: something that started to happen as I was coming out of out of high school and seeing. and I remember I'm the oldest of six, right? so I have all these are five. I have these all these younger brothers and sisters that I've seen with a huge age gap, and I remember this starting to happen. Seeing it a little bit in my school, and then I remember like my seeing my younger siblings. Like everybody did stuff like this, which it started to get popular to get like these fire Cheetos and then pour nacho cheese inside the <laughs> inside the bag and then just like eat it like this was yeah like they're a,
3: finding out all of those things and right. then they're putting it out there as like a right. product exactly yeah. so yeah. now
2: what what I think is that's, that's Taco Bell all these fast food that's their response
3: to the I'm waiting for social the Wendy's media now, like, like you know. fries dipping into their member dipping into the frosty yeah,
2: oh, do that yeah. Shit all the they've time. done they've marketed to that yeah. so they yeah, market. yeah, absolutely. absolutely so here
1: so here's what I think I think that the fast food market it's already shown there's already strong evidence that that the fast food market is trying to cater more to the health conscious as being health conscious becomes more mainstream. And the uh, the example that I gave earlier of how these these fast food companies are who the ones who are trying to hold on tightly are advertising to young men because that's the segment of the population that doesn't care as much about their health because women, even single moms, are care a lot about their kids and as the information comes out that they need to be healthy, they're still looking for cheap but they're looking for cheap and healthy. And here's the other example that I have or some more uh, examples. You have companies like Chipotle which yeah. fucking exploded. Well, that's and Chip- a
3: different class of fast food now we're talking about. Yes, which is fast, food is, fast
1: food is changing because yeah. now they're trying to be healthier and fresher and here right. it is, you know, more right. for-
3: Chipotle, Baja Fresh. These are all examples. But of catering examples to of- the convenience that people really want—they yes. want it quick, timely, like on my lunch break, and yep. I want it fast, but it, like not horrible for me. That's right.
2: That's and, I, right. and I really think this, this is what we're going to see. You're just going to see more of that. Yeah. I don't think it. I don't think. Uh, I don't think you're going to see companies like McDonald's and Burger King. I don't think you're going to see companies like this collapse no. or or get overtaken by these healthy ones but you'll see more of the type of Baja Fresh, Chipotle type of fast food places that will come about. Yeah. I think that's all that we'll really see. I think
1: what's funny too is that, you know, now I have kids in school right now. So if you, if you have a, a birthday party and you have a bunch of kids over, when we were kids, when I was a kid, when there was a birthday party, it was like a fucking treat to have McDonald's for everybody. And it was great and it was totally socially acceptable and it was all awesome. If you had a birthday party now, and you had McDonald's for everybody, there would be a little bit of social stigma. There would be a little bit, especially depending on what class you're in. So if you're like middle or upper middle class, you'd see all the parents kind of be like, oh, that's not organic, or oh, that's McDonald's. (laughs) But the funny thing is if you had pizza, nobody would really care, and that's like totally, and it's all about what's socially acceptable. (laughs) Totally. So slowly what's happening, I think, is it's becoming... Less socially acceptable to go with convenient, what we consider unhealthy. Wait till
2: the the campaigning on both sides. I predict this. Wait till the campaigning on both sides is going to look like this where you're talking shit about the other side. So it becomes like this, like the commercials will be about like making fun of healthy people who are eating a Chipotle, like starving, only eating a salad, looking all fucking emaciated. Yeah. Like, yeah. it'll be like, sure, if you want to, or if you want to enjoy, and then it'll be like some construction worker who a, looks like good, handsome, <laughs> biting into a cheeseburger. Well, like do you guys
3: remember the, the Colossus burger? That Where was, was that? that was like Jack in the box. Oh. So it was like three patties of meat and like. Bacon in between each one of those layers with cheese. It was like the most crazy, fucking awesome burger. No, but, but like, dude, TG, teenage boys don't give a fuck what they're eating. That's right the thing. Now. So like, is they're gonna make it like they'll
2: more make it cool. Yes. Yeah, they'll make it cool. They'll be like, "Fuck, counting your calories. Yes. Fuck, trying yeah, to care yeah. about yeah. this stuff." You Here, know? Here's so a eat, eat, eat 2, big, five hundred thousand calories. But, It'll be like that. <laughs> but
1: as as eating healthy gets, because young men are less typically, by the way, less interested in necessarily. Being, you know, watching their figure, being lean, that kind of stuff. They're more interested in, like, I'm a teenager. I can eat whatever I want and I gain weight. I just want food and I want to perform well, right? As healthy food gets tied to performance, I think you'll start to see teenage boys try to eat healthy as it gets tied to performance. Oh, that's happening right now. It's
3: interesting. Like, is there a study on millennials and like eating fast food? Because, like, I guarantee it's gone down.
1: Yes, it already has. Market wise, it has gone down. But here's the part, here's what I think will make companies like McDonald's start to go up again. First is catering to and showing that they're also more health conscious, but here's the other one. I think McDonald's being the the prototypical American company that was built from nothing and, you know, really stands for America as you start to get this wave of nationalism come forward, I think that's what'll make McDonald's big where McDonald's will come out and, be, and they're going to show like old videos and old pictures of you know uh you know McDonald's the good american whatever your grandfather ate it and you know the the greatest generation and this and that that'll get people to go to McDonald's <laughs> for sure because now people are going to be like proud of you know it'll be
2: to- it'll be interesting it, I, there was
1: a backlash for a second it, against I mean, you know that kind of stuff I
2: mean they 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 dominate the pie right now and i think that you're going to see a lot of these other healthy places uh and i'm like Calling Chipotle or those like healthy by any means. I'm just saying that it, you know, it is the better option, right? And they're, and
1: they're marketing to being healthier, right?
2: Exactly. Yeah. So it, it, I think you're going to see more, and that'll get competitive. I think it'll become healthier and healthier. I think it'll become more organic and more natural. For sure. I think that you'll see these things. I don't think it'll ever even threaten, though, the other rest, the rest of the pie. I mean, you're talking like. Eighty percent of the population fall in the. I've in the last month I've had McDonald's, KFC, or one of those things, and then how many people have ate from one of the healthier choices? So I still think they're going to dominate the pie. I just think we're going to see a nice sliver start to. It'll be. Remember when we? I remember this, right? I remember the first one when it first came around here, uh, where we lived. It was. I mean, I was driving across town to just go to this healthy kind of fast food place, and it was only open certain hours. And I was pissed all the time. Now in the Bay Area, it's somewhat competitive. We can. Mm -hmm. It's pretty easy for me to go find somewhere where I can get a pretty decently healthy choice that didn't exist ten years ago. You're just now, and I'm sure there's places in the country that it doesn't still doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. I think what we'll see is it's becoming popular enough that. It, you'll see these pop up in the types of communities mm-hmm. that care about those things and you'll see that like didn't, earlier we talked
1: about now who bought Chipotle wasn't it McDonald's it? bought them for a while there you go but they sold them I think they're going to I think they're going to start hedging their bets and yeah. trying to and you know here's the thing it's like, just
2: like Nestle buying he, Nestle buying the organic dude, garden
1: you, here's the funny thing to me and or or part of part of me my ego looks at this and like scoffs right but the other part of me is like whatever it's still good is the trendiness of eating quote unquote healthy and what I mean by that is you have people who really have no idea what eating healthy is, but you see that it's kind of this trendy thing now where they're, you know, like, hey, everybody come over. We're going to have bone broth. Or, oh, that's like hey. this. And it's, uh, like, it's like, you know, and it's like, you don't really know what health is. I know you're doing it because you think it's cool. Because that's this brain hacking community right It's yeah, exactly. <laughs> the same fucking community,
2: dude. They're the same people. Like just yeah. – all of a sudden, we learned some shit about nootropics, and all of a sudden, it's like, it's, it's all about hacking this. It's like, listen, that shit matters, but dude, if you're still getting fucking high and drunk and then sleeping like shit, like, <laughs> yeah, dude, come on, bro. That that much that, effect. That's your fucking pills you're taking for $3 a pill is
3: not helping I, I you out I that know. much. Dude, you know, you guys remember, um, I'm, we're still talking about fast food, but like KFC and like um, Patton Oswald, when he did his bit on like the, the double meat. So there was like, like two pieces of chicken. Oh, the burger with the fried chicken. He was fried of buns. chicken instead of buns, and then like it, so-, and so he was making fun of it, you know, and it was like hilarious. And then he made fun of like their bowl, like we're just like like pigs just eating out of a fucking you know a, a slot. I didn't see that. I didn't see that. So anyway, so they're gangster, right? They came after him, and we're like, no, 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 like everybody, America loves it, and yeah. this and that. So they went all the way. I've been watching like the way that they've marketed and advertised since, and so. Like, dude, the, the ultimate like coup de grace, they came back, they basically hired every single like comedian they could to represent like, like uh, Colonel Sanders. Now, I don't know if you've noticed that, mm-hmm. but like, it, it's like it's uh, a
1: smart strategy. Yeah,
3: so now it's like, oh, you're going to fuck with us. We're going to get all of your friends. It's
1: smart because now they seem cool and funny and hip and you know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's so what are they doing? So what they're doing is, uh, they're have you seen the, the commercials where there's like a, a comedian who's pretending to be Colonel Sanders? Yeah. And they do these really funny No, I haven't seen commercial. It's kind of like. I get what you're it, saying. It, oh, it hurt, okay. I guess
3: it hurt their sales somewhat, just his, his stand-up. And oh so, really? because yes. they were mocking the company. Yeah, they're mocking. No, they didn't. It. They get in trouble for slander or anything like
2: that. No, no, no. he's no, just no.
1: talking shit. Like no. it's not. Yeah, like, you can't fuck with him. It's yeah, a speech, you know. It's that's that's hilarious. But oh, yeah, you got to
2: He's just doing it like a parody almost. Yeah, it was a, a stand-up. stand-up.
1: Yeah. Oh, you got to ask yourself when you when you look it at somebody When though. you think about this, you would think that
2: would draw more attention and help them and not actually hurt. them This is
1: this is a burger that has fried chicken as the as the bread. You got to ask, dude. That's gotta, not real, right? you are no, talking about it burning it. your hands. They <laughs> served that? <laughs> that was for
2: yeah, real. Yeah. this, this, this still exist? I, I don't know even, if it I still exists. I didn't even know that. Yes. Are you kidding me? Yes. Oh, Bro, I haven't best. been to a KFC in probably 20 years.
1: Bro, I ruined myself was like with KFC. like a meat sandwich. Maybe, Maybe I'm exaggerating. You maybe got, like 15
2: years. That's a got, long fucking time since I've been in one of them.
1: Dude, I ruined myself with KFC. I used to love KFC, and then at one point, I was trying to do this bulk where I was trying to gain weight. And at this point, I got up to I got my body weight up to 235, and it all came from force-feeding myself everything. Do you know what made me stop
2: eating KFC? I'll, I'll never forget this. It was during me trying to bulk up. Just Same like thing? you're saying, I used to eat it all the time. Is this then, at Santa
1: Teresa because so, it was yeah, down the street? No,
2: before even, oh, okay. dude. I, I go. Good. This is all the way back to when I first started at Capital uh, McKee Day. So I'm like 20, 20 years old, and I used to eat chicken like crazy. And I remember when uh, – this was before fucking – uh, people had these abilities to figure out macros and calories really fast and easy. And I had to look up on books and I looked up KFC and the ratio of fat to protein was so poor in comparison to like a McDonald's burger. Oh, that's why you stopped. So I stopped. I, I, the whole time I thought I was getting, I was really getting more protein. I'm getting so much more protein because it's chicken. It's all chicken, right? But then when I saw the ratio of fat calories to the protein – I was like, "Shit, I could have my Big Mac, which I love and enjoy even more, and it's actually giving yeah. me a better ratio of, of fat. To so protein. my my
1: story is way worse because that's that's actually kind of which, good. by the way, there's no
2: logic to that now. and I no. think it's a bunch of <laughs> that's can't, stupid. Can't but to that's up, just honest. That, just, uh, that. was my thought process. Well, that was back a, back that then.
3: greasy chicken.
2: That was to, a more logical me.
1: thought process for me because what I did, was... <laughs> and I remember this, bro, like it was yesterday. So you you remember, you know, Ryan, my old business, yeah, bro, yeah, right? yeah, good friend of mine. So. That motherfucker just naturally is a big dude. And so I went head to head with him uh, to see who could gain the most weight. Now, here's a guy that walks around, never would never, if he didn't lift weights, he'd walk around at 220. Yeah. So I, I was already in a losing game, right. but I'm extremely competitive. So I went to KFC because I'm like, I need more calories. I went to KFC and I bought a bucket, like for a family of five, of fried chicken. And I sat there and I ate the entire thing. And I swear to God, I smelled like chicken for like three days afterwards, dude. My skin, my skin smelled it. like, and it made me so sick. You're lucky you didn't turn into one, bro. I couldn't. I can't even. I can't even look at it anymore. It makes me uh, want to throw up. I, did, I literally ruined. It's good ruined going it. down though, you know. Yeah, no, uh, it not anymore. Tastes good, but no. Oh, it gotta tears ask, you up, dude. I wonder. I want. Actually, no. I, I'll put money on this. 100. I guarantee you, for some of these companies like KFC and Taco Bell their P and R team or their their product development team, they're in an office and they're all sitting around and they're all getting really fucking stoned. And that's yeah. how they come up with yeah. their ideas, bro.
3: I want, that's the only way well, can explain the meat you know sandwich. T-
2: Jack in the Box totally goes after stoners. I mean, that's yes, they, open uh, twenty four hours. Well, they were the They're first. Open one they, they were they were so brilliant. That yeah. was like one of the most brilliant moves in fast food when they were the first ones to say, "Fuck closing at midnight, uh, dude. We're gonna keep this shit yeah. open all day."
1: Hey, when you have the munchies, they would even. And say I remember
2: yeah. in high school, that was the place to be, bro. Every oh, yeah. after party, there was only one place to get food. Yep. It was Jack and in the Box. And they make it hella cheap. The entire time. Yeah, tacos. Cause,
1: I, I live off, of, off of 20 tacos, tacos. for a yes. long, ston- long time. Because stoners don't usually make a lot cheap, of money, right? It's right? so like cheap, open 24 hours.
2: Yeah. And- Two tacos for 99 yeah. cents, bro. Because
1: yeah. you know they're sitting in a room, they're stoned as fuck, and they're like, you know what? All right, let's write down three yeah. of our favorite things. And they don't really know oh, how to yeah. cook. They're like dude. Doritos, Captain Crunch, <laughs> and fucking tacos. Oh yeah. shit, let's make a Captain Crunch Dorito taco. Dude, in my town,
2: Denny's and Jack in the Box had the monopoly on fucking all food after eleven o'clock at night, man. Oh, yeah. Every oh. single night, and you were in. You were either in. Denny's Good or old Jack like, in the Crack. Those are the two places.
1: Oh, you know what? I tell you what. I talk about how my gut was is off, and I I blame supplements, and I blame. But I, I, I need to say this. A big other half of that equation yeah. was their shit food that I would yeah. eat trying to bulk Carl up 100%. For I sure. 100%.
2: So I, I, think, uh, I think the biggest thing we'll see – and as far as mergers and acquisitions, you're already seeing this happen with uh, – we just saw Amazon pick up Whole Foods. I, and I, you know about the Amazon Go store. So I think we all believe that you're going to see that same technology into Whole Foods. Yeah. So we're real soon going to be able – I think that's fucking cool. That's not obviously fast food. That's no, all more, these
1: huge companies are but, hedging their bets. Nestle, who bought Garden of Life, and right. all these major companies. But that's what
2: you'll see. They'll still be – both will exist, and I still think that uh, shitty fast food will still dominate in comparison. And that's just because there's – I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you're, not, you're a minority. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The majority is everybody who's not listening to this podcast. So uh, think of it like that. So I don't think we're going to see much really change.
0: Yeah, interesting. Next question is from Cubic Kenny. I feel like you guys discussed insecurities as being a major factor in issues with other people. How do you get over insecurities and what helped you guys with your own? This
1: is a tough one. So um, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on other people getting over their insecurities. But what I can say is what worked or, or how I worked on it. For myself,
2: well, I want to start with. I don't know if you ever fully get over them. Right, that's
1: that's an interesting. I recognize. I I believe when when
2: you have something, especially if it's a deeply rooted, which most insecurities are, that Mm -hmm. drive all the way back to childhood. And Mm -hmm. I, I think it's happening in a formidable time of your life. That it's part of you. It is part of who you are, and I think that... Bro, you
1: were just... This is serendipitous. You were just talking about this uh, uh, 45 minutes ago with Taylor. Oh, you overheard us. That yeah, is, yeah. Yeah. Talk If you don't mind talking about that a little bit. Well,
2: what part of it, We talked about a lot of different things. I mean, my... Your, your my drive to succeed or yeah, whatever. Yeah, so my, I had a major insecurity with... So I short-sold my house. Um, God, it's been like six, five years ago now. Five years ago, I short-sold my house. And I went through like a little depression for a while because... Um, I didn't and I don't realize and this is me speaking hindsight right this is, at this time I wasn't even aware of what what, what mm-hmm. I was going through I know it just beat me up so I went through like this little bit of depression and I'm not a guy to get like that at all and it what I realized was I identified so much on success and good credit and uh, most people that hear short sale of a house, they think like, oh, he must have overextended himself. He mm-hmm. must, you know, he must have took out a bunch of money and spent mm-hmm. it and been you know Made f- a bad investment. right. Bad investment, not very smart move. And like I fell into that category. And in fact, it was actually a, a strategy that I was doing that was recommended to me to my buddy at the time, who was uh, a very, very smart guy. and uh, it did work out to my benefit. and it was a smart move. But outsider looking in, I knew it didn't look that way because every time I tell someone, they'll be oh, that, that was what they say right away. I mean, even Taylor this morning, when I yeah. see, oh, did you take out a big loan? Were you yeah. in a fucked up loan? I'm like, no, actually it was totally fine, but my house was upside down. Well, not- the
1: market took a fucking yeah, it reverse. Yeah, it,
2: it took a shit. And, and it- you
1: know what? We have to also paint the, paint the picture of the context. At this time, you're a young man and up until this point, you've been extremely successful because you're hardworking, obviously talented, hardworking. You're making good money, especially for your age you're very responsible you come you come from a poor background so you weren't not you were you were you know lower middle class or lower class and the people around you or people who didn't know you maybe even people you know from the outside expected you to be a statistic that would normally well, it, and so now you identify with i'm successful well, got a short sell my house like
2: what you're saying too is so true is that you know so not only did i grow up the that way where we didn't have a lot of money but we also my my family was very irresponsible with money so um, I was the opposite of that. And I had never wanted to be that. That was so important to me that I was responsible. I mean, it was 21 buying my house. like, and, and I saved all that. I didn't have any help or anything mm-hmm. to get there. And that was that was a big deal for me. And it was a big deal that I'd never missed a credit card payment in my life. I had a 785 FICO score. All these things were so important to me. And and they were all good things is what drove me. It's just going to like Lewis house and talking about the mask, right? Mm-hmm. This, this mask that I was wearing, what that propelled me to be successful. So why would I ever shun it or be, mm-hmm. it, but for the first time I, I was faced with it when shit got flipped on me. Mm-hmm. And that's what sent me into depression. I didn't realize it till afterwards that, how much I identified with that because it was so important to me that people did not think of me like my family, what I came what from. What a
1: great lesson that yeah. you were given. That
2: yeah, was it. Was, a, it, was a, it was a major lesson for me, and and it, and it made me uh, realize that I'm more than my things and the, the the monetary success that I've had and stuff like that. I'm more than that, and to not attach myself to that anymore. So it was a major growing experience for me, but I, it still exists. Like I don't think that I got rid of it. I think that's part of who I am. And and there's a part of it that I think I think I think that's why always you always hear us on the show too. We talk about your greatest strength is your greatest weakness. I think sometimes a lot of our insecurities drive us to be successful in a lot of avenues, not just financially, but I Mm -hmm. think uh, in relationships and with fitness. Like a lot of these insecurities, some of the most the fittest people I know have the biggest insecurities, and that's what drove them to be that way. Some of the most successful people I've ever met in my life have huge insecurities. That's what drove them to be Mm -hmm. that way. So I, I think that everybody. Has this or deals with it, and I think just becoming aware of it is the, the first the first right step in that direction. And understanding what are your insecurities, and this goes back to what I always talk about when you get these state changes through the day because you you're, you tell yourself you don't realize it, but you you give the the flags go off all day long. Somebody says something to you, and part of I was sharing something with Taylor too that you know somebody could say something, it triggers something of me that I have an insecurity. And then I can tell how I respond to that person. If I'm kind of throw something venomous at them mm-hmm. or say some shit or notice my and my energy or my attitude changes, like I'll reflect on that later on that night mm-hmm. for sure. And go like, oh, wow. And not about anything to do with that person, everything to do with me. And why did that bother me? Mm-hmm. Why did I act like that? Yeah. And it's always rooted by an insecurity. And I think that becoming aware of that and then being able to be smarter about the future decisions that you make when that comes because it'll it'll rise again. It's yep. guaranteed. If it's an insecurity of yours, you'll be faced with it again, and then now take that into consideration. Like, oh, I feel really strongly about this way because I know it's my insecurity. So even though I want to say this to Sal mm. and stand out, like ah, this is how I feel. Yeah. I also know that part of that's driven from my insecurities. Maybe I should back out a little bit, listen to him a little bit more. Let me hear more of your perspective, and be have that open mind. Yes. Yeah.
1: No. I think uh, insecurities are. We have some that are deep rooted. I think some pop up because of life circumstances. I mean, you could be, you could develop a insecurity as an adult. You know, let's say you're, you know. You've been married for a long time, and then your you know your spouse cheats on you. Whenever now you've all of a sudden got this insecurity of you know are people going to cheat on me? do you know can I trust people? But I went through a very similar one. Now, we talk all the time about our insecurities with our body images and all that stuff, and that was one that I had when I was young. But I had a similar issue um, in relation to success. So when I when I first got into fitness at the age of eighteen, day one uh, I was successful. From day one I was dominant I dominated absolutely dominated. In uh, at the time, the largest fitness organization in the world, and in a very short period of time, I was managing these clubs. They were calling me a phenom, and it was just it w- it felt effortless. And may- I did work hard, but it was just something that I did very well, and I enjoyed it. And when I left uh, corporate fitness, I went and opened up my own wellness facility, and I had a lot of learning lessons with that because here I was. Here- and what the problem was, is I-, I attributed, I identified with the amount of money that I earned as being successful that was the only metric that i really placed value on it was how much money did i make that's how much that's my success right there so now i own this small business i'm working with other people i'm having challenges in my personal life and money wise it took me a while it took me a long time to really start making some money with my business and then i made some business decisions that didn't pan out i had to make some other decisions so for 12 years i'm the small business owner and i went from being this unstoppable machine, this hero, this fucking you know, phenom in business to all of a sudden now, I'm having these fucking struggles and I'm not becoming what I thought it would. Because I walked into it and I'm like, I'm untouchable, I'm gonna blow up. And it didn't happen. It took 12 years for me to learn that. And if I look at that from a money perspective for how much I earned, I could say, wow, what a failure. I'm a total failure. And what it did in me is, it, and like you, I, I identified with being successful. So it was a very difficult thing for me to swallow because I had to reevaluate what success meant. Now, if I when I started to understand that and say, okay, I didn't make shit tons of money. I didn't, you know, open up 15 locations and become this this mogul, does that mean I failed? And I looked at all the other ways I succeeded. Well, during that period of time, I completely transformed and grew who I was, how I worked with people, how I managed people, my understanding of fitness and health to the point now where this is who I am now on on, on this podcast, Um, it completely transformed me with how I developed relationships, how I valued other things in my life, how I started to develop, you know, what I consider balance in my life. And so when I look back on that, I look at it as a total success and a learning period. And that's what I got from revisiting it. Now, if I don't, here's the problem. If I never did that, and if I never self-reflected, or like you said, if you never self-reflected, and looked at those things and, and if you continue to identify from them, then insecurities are worth nothing. Right. Now right. those insecurities don't teach you a goddamn
3: thing. That's interesting. Like uh I always tend to recognize my insecurities. Like I, I feel like I've I've overcome a lot of insecurities and that was like my biggest mission is to like recognize them, overcome them, or just like, you know, drive like completely towards that insecurity and like see if I can overcome this weakness or this area of my life that I know is something that always kind of like, it it, it keeps popping up for me. And I, I I don't like it. I don't like that. Um, it's a great strategy. And so, you know, like, but I do see a lot of times it's still there, man. Like I, I'll, I'll have a conversation with somebody, even if it's a family member or something and, um, they'll mention something that I've done or something in the past or this and that, and it'll trigger me. And, and I feel like it, it's, it always revolves around something that I'm not very good at, right? Or, or something that, um, you know, I, I've been overlooked mm. uh, in, in that certain like aspect. And so I, I just like, it, it's interesting because you could, you could just feel the, the change of energy in the way that I uh, communicate back. And then, like I've only just started to kind of recognize how that that really tenses me up, and how I project that onto mm. somebody else. So well, you
1: guys, you guys both make really good points because I think that there's another problem here that that we need to talk about. Adam touched on this a little bit. Uh, I don't even know if you realize this, but sometimes we can look at insecurities and think to ourselves like we need to eliminate them all and never have them, and be afraid of them popping up. And I think that's wrong because I agree. it's wrong insecurities. Can be drivers and can be teachers, mm-hmm. and if you're afraid of being insecure, you've now created another insecurity, which is being insecure about being insecure. And so it's you need to be able to look at it, embrace it, know why it hurts. Like I'll give you an, I'll give you an, a personal yeah. example. I the most recent time that I can think about that I got seriously challenged with insecurity. Like I mean, really got challenged was going through my divorce. hundred percent. While I was married, one of the the gripes that my wife uh, had uh, against me was that I was not super involved as a parent. Now, I'm a very loving father. I'm a very expressive with my kids, but I wasn't involved in the day-to-day like she was, and I wasn't nearly as present as she was, and she would hammer this to me, and this became one of her major gripes. Well, now we get divorced, and now I'm Fifty percent custody, and now I'm doing things for the kids with the kids that I never did before, like mm-hmm. scheduling school stuff and you know their their extracurricular activities, and I'm dealing with things that I've never had to deal with before, and I have to be organized a particular way. And oh shit, I forgot that he has practice, and we missed it. And now I'm this, and I was so insecure that all these things that she said to me were true because she would package them as you're not a good father, which I know is not true, right. but mm-hmm. it fucking hurts, right? Yeah. So I examined that and. What it did is it motivated me when – before I was able to process it, what it did is it motivated me to do things that were uh, not beneficial, like buying more stuff for my kids to make up for it or giving them everything they want.
2: Or getting more organized because you have to be to be successful. And that's
1: that's what I started to do. I started to look at it and say, okay – no need to overcompensate. There's a little bit of truth to this. There's a reason why you feel this. Right. And it motivated well, would to sting change those unless
3: there was just a little bit of truth, right? Yeah. You had to adjust things and, like, you recognizing that makes you even better overall, anyway. So
1: that's right. So that's s- right.
3: staying with the insecurity that I'm talking about, because I think I have tons of insecurities, and what, we-
2: what Taylor and I are talking about, I still see it surface. I see it surface even in my actions or my conversation. And so before it turns into something that could turn into depression or hurt me with a career move or something like that, it starts with that. And I think a lot of people ignore even their attitude and the things they talk about. And i give you an example. Uh, I I had this habit and I catch myself all the time. I think I've I've definitely gotten extremely better over the course of 15 years of being aware of this and watching it happen and getting better and better and better because it's a process. You know, if I, if I am in with, if I'm talking to somebody who I know is really successful, I have this bad habit of wanting to share my bankroll and not literally my bankroll. Like, oh, I'm worth this. You want to prove yourself. right? I I want exactly why I feel this need, And that's me reflecting, obviously going through the, I'm just having a conversation. So it happens that fast. Mm -hmm. I'm just talking back and forth. But I'll do this where I interject things to let you know how successful I am. And it's like, that's an insecurity of myself. Mm -hmm. And if you're a really smart guy, I see that a mile away when someone does it to me. Mm -hmm. So you know damn well that if this guy's as successful or more successful than me, he motherfucker probably sees it right through me. So by me, me just being aware of that and like sharpening up my conversation, that also puts me in a better position in, in a conversation or a relationship like that. And and makes you makes you feel and look much more confident when you do that. Mm-hmm. So this is something that like even being a, uh, knowing that's an insecurity, knowing it's driven. I've been successful from it, but then also being aware of it and then learning how to navigate around it because it will always continue to surface. And it may not surface and show itself in this and rear its ugly head on you, but you may see it in the way you talk and your attitude.
1: Yeah. And, and I think that's a that's a great attitude because insecurities that you don't uh, visit and challenge and try to grow from. Um, end up, they end up killing you. I mean, I don't. Maybe Dude, not. It, maybe or, not literally. Not even
2: that. It, check out that. Think about it this way. Here's where I like to start, people. Just start with your disagreements and your fights that you have with your, your boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or wife. Mm-hmm. That that guarantee if you can take yourself, separate yourself from the argument, that something that got you to even allow it to escalate to that. There's an insecurity rooted somewhere in there. I 100% if agree. 100% you, the two of you, cause,
1: agree. Cause otherwise, otherwise,
2: you wouldn't get so heated Exactly. About it. Otherwise, yeah. you wouldn't give a fuck. Otherwise, yeah. that person would just be wah, wah, yeah. wah. or
1: or they would make a point and you'd be able to be like, oh yeah, you're right. I right. did that yeah. without being like, ah. But if you, know? you allowed
2: it to escalate to where it turned into an argument where nothing got totally. accomplished, it is totally. aver- and this is why it's always both totally. parties fault, then there's something that was said, done, that's hit, that triggered an insecurity of yourself mm-hmm. and that you just, you are given a gift right now. Here, here, Can you dive into that and figure that and out?
1: And here's an, important thing to know about insecurities that I've learned. This is my own personal experience. Of course, I'm not like an expert or clinical psychologist on this, but I've observed this many times with myself and with clients and just in the world around me. And that's this, when you don't challenge your insecurities, when you don't try to bring more awareness and growth to them, they will figuratively destroy you. And sometimes literally, And I'll give you an example. If you never visit your insecurities with your body, if you constantly think my body doesn't look right, I don't look good, I don't look good, it will drive you to more and more dangerous things, uh, you know, anabolic steroid use, plastic surgery, extreme dieting, to the point where uh, you'll you'll absolutely destroy yourself. The same is true for money. If I'm constantly insecure about not being successful, no amount of success will ever satisfy that. No amount of anything will ever satisfy an insecurity that you don't challenge and grow from. And that's why it's important because those insecurities cannot be quenched by anything other than what's inside of you. That's 100%. So that's where they become dangerous. And that's why I think it's
0: important to, to look at them. Next question is from Carter's Consumptions. Can you build a food intolerance to seasonings like you can to a food eaten repeatedly for an extended period of time? For example, could you develop a food intolerance to say garlic powder or pepper?
1: Oh, you can sure you can develop a food intolerance to anything. Sure, you can, because yeah, you, can get, you, can be, you. you can be
2: you can be you can have an intolerance to garlic, and, and garlic powder is just a concentrated form of that. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. fact, putting tons of garlic powder on it, if you had an intolerance, would probably flare it up worse than actually having a garlic clove.
1: So, I so the reason why he asked this question, and I've, I've been asked this question before, is uh, because when you look at the comment, like if we were to list the top five things that people in America are allergic to or intolerant to they would look like this it'd be dairy nuts uh, soy wheat and I don't know what the what the fifth one would be something you know that's really really common you figure you ask yourself like why are there things that are so, that are so common like why is a peanut allergy so much more common than say uh, an allergy to you know uh, you know beef or something like that there's a couple things. First and foremost, it's exposure. So it's it's expected that you're going to find more people intolerant to rice in Japan than you will find in the US. And if you study the literature, you'll actually find that that's true. More people are intolerant to rice than there are in the US. So part of it is exposure. If under the context of inflammation, if you have an inflamed gut, if you're consuming a lot of the same thing, that gives the opportunity for those particles, for those food particles to, to, to move through the the digestive system in ways that they're not supposed to or go through the, the, the gut wall when they're not supposed to, which gives your body or your immune system more of an opportunity to develop antibodies. So now you've developed an, an uh, uh, intolerance and an, an immunity to it or an immune issue to it. That's number one. But number two, some foods just simply are more immunologic. Some foods are just more more likely to create problems. And the reason for this, and what uh, what people think the reason for this is, is that foods have in them, many foods have in them natural substances that make them more difficult to digest as protective mechanisms. For example, when you consume uh, eggs, for example, egg whites, far more people are allergic or intolerant to egg whites than there are to egg yolks. They're all the egg, and yet people with gut issues typically can tolerate egg yolk no problem, and egg whites many times will cause an issue. This is because when you examine the egg, you find that the egg white uh, serves many functions, but many of, some, one of them is to protect the yolk, and it contains natural antibodies. Now, cooking an egg destroys many of them, but many of them do stay present. So if you've got these natural antibodies, you consume them, you have this compromised you know, context of inflammation, boom, egg whites become more of an issue. Certain foods have this as well. Legumes are one of them, and peanuts are a legume. Gluten is another one. Dairy is another one. So although some foods you're more likely to have intolerances to, that does not mean you can't develop an intolerance to something that is that you eat all the time just because you well know. and
2: more often than not that that is it right that i mean it's the food i mean this is why i think food rotation is so, so important so yeah. important because it could be a healthy food that you become intolerant to. it doesn't matter if your gut is inflamed and that's what penetrates because you're and you're more likely to, to p- penetrate the the gut lining if that's what you're consuming all the time and you just happen to be inflamed and it's like oh shit yep. you know avocado is one of my favorite things to eat all the time yeah and i have it every single day yeah. and I, it's healthy for you so it's cool but wait all of a sudden i'm inflamed and that's now what I So I'm intolerant I'll
1: never to. forget um so back when I had my studio I had a young lady in there that was a gut health expert this was one of the things that she uh that she really focused on and at the time I wasn't super on board I was still kind of I was transitioning from the bro like macros only count proteins fats and carbs to kind of learning about these things and this is before I had my major gut issues that kind of forced me to to look at these things I had a client who Came to the gym all the time, worked out all the time, and they had eczema. And eczema is uh, an autoimmune issue. It's your own immune system causing problems with your skin. And, you know, we had this great environment in my facility. It was small, where everybody talked to everybody, which was cool. I loved it. Like, my clients came in, but other trainers talked to my client. Other clients talked to other clients, and it was awesome. And we'd have these big discussions. And so I had this discussion with my client about um, his eczema. And we're going back and forth and we're trying to figure out what's going on. And he's saying, you know, do you think it's food? And at the time I didn't think food caused that. So I know I said, it's probably your genetics and we're going back and forth. And so this other trainer who was in there and she says, no, it's, it, it might be something that you're eating. You may have a food intolerance. And I, you know, I tried not to roll my eyes cause I wanted to honor everybody. And so we had this big discussion. We're going back and forth and she said, Hey, you should try eliminating, uh, dairy, gluten, and I think something else It might've been, uh, nuts or whatever and see if that helps. And so because this particular individual was kind of exhausted all their other resources, and they said, sure, let me try it out. And they eliminated gluten, dairy, and legumes. And nothing happened. Eczema stayed. So here I am. I'm thinking like, okay, so I, you know, I was right. I proved it. It's genetics. It's not food. And we went about our day. Well, this conversation continued in gym on and off every time this client come in. And so finally, my trainer, who's the gut health, health expert, convinced this person to do an elimination diet and say, look... It could be anything, and I'm thinking in my head like, of course you're going to say that because you got proven wrong. She said you can be anything. Eliminate, you know, foods. Go super basic, and then we'll see what happens. And the cool thing is, this particular individual, this train, this client that I was training, was uh, he they were like a dream client. Like they would try anything. No, yeah, well, they sound they desperate.
2: Would, they've desperate for for results, right? And they would yeah.
1: adhere to it. Like right. when you do an elimination diet, you got to be super vigilant, which is one of the reasons why most people don't do it. So he. Did this, and he did this elimination diet, and over the course of six months, he identified and he tested this several times. Like he went off, went back on, went off, went back on, and he fucking identified that it was bananas. Bananas gave him eczema, and he couldn't eat bananas. bananas? He couldn't eat bananas, which blew my mind. And it, and the reason why it was a problem for him was because he ate bananas every day, twice yeah. a day. He ate them for. Like a decade. It was like one of his favorite foods. And so he developed an intolerance to bananas. Eliminated bananas. No more eczema. And that was like my first like peek into, you know, what could be potentially happening with these things. And now we know, uh, you know, Rob Wolf talks a little bit about this in his book, Wired to Eat, where, you know, They'll do these continual glucose monitors on people and measure their insulin response. And they'll get some fucking weird shit, man, where
3: yeah, it'll go all over s- the place.
1: some dude will eat a cookie and won't get as big of an in- in insulin response as they will when they eat macadamia nuts or yeah. something that has no sugar yeah. and it blows everybody's mind. And that's because they probably have an intolerance to those macadamia nuts. So it's this is an important subject because what you need to understand and the reason why people in fitness and people in nutrition and health sound like they're all over the place why you hear so many people say, this diet's better, that diet's better, this diet better. And then you have a lot of people say, uh, you know, just listen to your body, everybody's different, which used to piss me off. I'd be like, what do you mean everybody's <laughs> different? Right now? The truth is your immune system, your body is very unique to you, your experiences, your genetics and epigenetics, where you could have an intolerance to anything. Don't rule anything out. So if you're having these weird gut issues a weird skin issues a weird issues and you're looking at your diet and you're saying to yourself I eat healthy though like all I ever eat is really healthy food it can be anything that's causing these issues including seasoning like this guy's asking right. this question
3: people just get angry because it's such a simple concept but it's not easy to apply you know if you're gonna go through something like that it's a really regimented you know like focused uh, diet how bad do you, you want to fix it. protocol but but listen it's so simple. To where you're, it's gonna reveal everything for you, so I I highly suggest that, dude. How that.
1: think about the paradigm shift I had to go through? Here I was, Mr. Fitness Expert. At this point, had been in fitness for I don't know uh 14 years or something. Top of my game, right? I know more than anybody I talk to, or at least I think I do. That's what's in my mind, right? Like I'm fuck, I know everything, right? And here I am. I'm eating a diet that consisted of chicken breasts, oatmeal, whole wheat you know, products, you know, rice, you know, vegetables and fruits and nuts. And here I am with gut issues and someone's telling me that what I'm eating is fucking with my gut. And I'm like, fuck you, man. I eat super healthy. This is fitness food. Yeah, I'm eating yeah. super healthy. You're crazy. You yeah. know? Yeah. Imagine the paradigm shift I had to go through. I had to look at what I ate and I had to realize that these healthy foods could be You have a, to get over yourself. Dude, it's so, and then and then of course people identify with their food. I mean, yeah, I, I have that exactly. Dude, I've had clients who just Man, they eat the same that's a barrier thing a for breakfast, and they've eaten the same thing for breakfast for 20 years. It's like I live and die by my oatmeal in the morning. Yeah. And I tell them, like, no, you can't, let's eliminate oatmeal. And they look at me like I just told them to cut their arm off yeah, or something. You know? <laughs> I've literally had somebody like that. Oh, yeah. crazy. Totally.
0: <laughs> Next up is sincerely jazz. My dad is diabetic and it's a main reason why I started this lifestyle. It kills me to see him feed this disease every day, but I almost feel Mm. helpless. I feel like it's too late for him to change. Due to his age, habits, etc. What are your opinions, Fuck. dude? What
1: do you guys? How do you guys handle that? Because I know it's, we're all in that same situation. Uh,
0: well, I
2: mean, I think that it's uh, something that we've all been dealing with for a very long time. And mm-hmm. here's my thing, man. And I just it it took me a long time to get this way. I'm dealing with this currently right now with my sister. My sister has got uh, That's right. Yeah, she's got stuff going on with her kidneys right now, and she's uh, and she's pregnant and she's not changing her diet at all she's eating really poorly and and it's you, know, you got to know that's got to be stressing it even more and you know i i you, in the past i would try and force my information on on her and mm-hmm. try and coerce her to eat better or make healthier choices but what i've learned is that it doesn't really get anywhere um, the the most traction i've ever got anytime with any family is uh is representing it within my own life uh, and exemplifying it on another level that they've never seen before. Like I remember when I competed, that was really when I kind of won over all of Katrina's family because up to that point, we had already been together for a few years and, you know, everyone just knew Adam's a trainer, but nobody asked my opinion on anything and I don't give it, you know I'm saying? I've been doing this for a long time. I know it doesn't work this way. Um, and so I'd have to wait till someone thinks. And then when they saw what I did with my transformation and then taking it to that extreme, then now every all of the family, everybody wants to sit down, everybody wants to listen. And some of them, very few of them actually follow through on anything I teach them. But some of them have at least taken that effort of trying to apply it and do it. And that's the most headway I've ever had with any family. Otherwise... Uh, the other way of expressing your concern or how, you know, I'm so sad, what, whatever angle you're coming at with your dad or family member, unfortunately, it it doesn't ever work. It doesn't ever work and they don't ever receive it that way. And I think the best way to go about it is to continue to exemplify it within your own life. And mm. if otherwise, too, and the attitude you have to have, or the attitude that I have with it is that everyone's going to live their life. And who am I to because if he only wants to live to 40 and go out with a bang and eat cheeseburgers every single day from McDonald's, like, who am I to say that he can't do that, you know? And if I, and most people that are doing these things are aware of it. They're not, they're, when you, especially when you have someone like that, who's, who's looking at something like diabetes, you're being told your doctor is telling you what's going on. Uh, so, and I'm, and even though doctors are not the best example, uh, I'm sure they told him to clean his mm-hmm. diet up. And if you have some of those answers and you want to provide it for him, but he's not wanting to seek that knowledge, you're never going to get anywhere. We're, with we're,
1: it. we're constantly uh, bargaining with ourselves. We're con- we're, the bargain is my present self with my future self. It is. It's a bargain. So if I say to myself, I'm going to abstain from this activity that I know I'm going to enjoy right now in order to save currency for my future self, then I'm going to make that bargain. So if I say to myself, I want to eat that cheeseburger. It's going to feel really good right now. Um, and I, it's worth the trade to my future self to enjoy this right now. Then that's the decision I make. Or I can do the opposite and say, this is not worth taking from my future to feed me now. So I'm going to abstain today to pay for my future self. So there's that. And, and one thing that I've learned from that, which has been effective for me, is to reframe, uh, reframe the conversation. Because when given the opportunity... Most people will choose their present self over their future self. That's just why we're impulsive. That's why we do the shit that we do. Like, you know, that's why we do stupid shit because we'd rather have it now uh, than later. You know, you tell a 20-year-old, hey man, if you take care of yourself now, you're gonna live till you're 95. Like they don't give a fuck. They just want to have fun right now because 95 and 75 are both far away. So they don't really give a shit, right? Yeah. So I've reframed it and I and I try to resell uh, the package. And I've talked about this before. I'm gonna give this example again. I, uh, when I was married, uh, at the time, my wife worked for a tech company, and I went to her Christmas party. Now, at this time, I'd always been in fitness, and, and people in fitness are obviously very aware of their health, but I've, I tend to forget that most people are just not aware. It's not a thing that they think about. So I go to this dinner. We're at this you know, dinner. I'm surrounded by all these people who work in tech. And they're bringing out the food and they have this, you know, first they have this, you know, basket of bread and they're passing the bread around and I pass it and I don't have any. Then there's desserts at the end and I'm not having any. And I know, uh, you know, I, I sense that people are looking at me because I'm a trainer and I'm sure you guys have experienced this. People want to look at what you're eating and want to kind of judge what you're doing because you're, you know, you're a trainer. Maybe they feel like you feel like you're, they think that you're holier than thou because you're whatever. So I get that feeling, but I'm like, whatever, I'm not going to, I don't want any bread. I don't want this and that. And there was this very overweight lady that was sitting uh, across from me, big lady, and we were talking the whole time. And she was very gregarious and charismatic, and but I could tell she was there was she was being challenged by some of the decisions I was making with my food when I wasn't having the you know the dessert. And she says, "You know, Sal." Because by this point now we'd become friends, and she says, "You know, Sal, I had a friend that was just like you." And I'm like, "Oh, really?" And she goes, "Yeah, my friend was into running." She was into working out.
2: Which she, by the way, this statement coming is her a reflection of her insecurities totally, that she's dealing with totally. the, what she's gonna say. I don't even totally. know what the rest of the sentence, yeah, but totally. you know what it is.
1: So she looks at me and, and this is in front of the whole table. Right. And she's she thinks she's making this fucking amazing point. And she's like, uh, you know, I had this friend that was just like you. So I'm like, oh, like how? And she goes, Oh, she was a fitness fanatic. She exercised all the time, she ran, she lifted weights, she ate right, she looked phenomenal. Um, I mean, she was lean, she was vibrant. And then at 45, uh, she got ovarian cancer and she died. And after that happened, I, I said to myself, I will always just enjoy my life right now and never worry about anything because, you know, who knows what's going to happen and this and that. And so my response, I looked at her after she said that and I said, I didn't know what you said. And I said, well, that's, I said, that's, <laughs> that's terrible. I'm, I'm sorry you had to experience that. I said, well, there's a couple of things here. First off, we don't know what would have happened had she eaten, terribly and not taking care of herself. Perhaps she would have died earlier. Perhaps she wouldn't have lasted long. I said, but we don't know that. I mean, the bottom line is we don't know the future. I could literally leave this, this, this restaurant, walk outside, get in an accident and die from a car accident.
3: It's all about the quality. And I
1: said, I don't eat healthier and better to live longer and to, to increase, increase my longevity. I say that sometimes. and I think about that because it sounds great, but the reality is I do it because I live better now. And I said, And the truth of the matter is, if you do it right, if you're not obsessed and you go crazy about it, if you do it right and you take care of yourself today, you will enjoy today much more. I said, for example, let me ask you this question. Let's say you were in optimal health. And this was when I kind of poked at her a little bit, but I wasn't trying to, but I know she felt it. I said, let's say you were in optimal health and you did it in a way that you enjoyed. So you weren't super extreme about it, but you were in optimal health. Now think of all your life experiences, your daily experiences, waking up in the morning, going to work, talking to your friends, Watching movies and joining, do you feel like your quality of life would be better or be worse as a result from it? And she was silent. And the whole fucking table looked at me and was like, and I got a couple of applauses, which I didn't, I wasn't trying to like clown on this lady, but that's exactly what happened. So, what I do now when I talk to people is I try to sell it differently and I tell them, look, I don't fucking know how long you're going to live. And I'm not talking about, you know, but right now, if you're fit and healthy, I promise you'll experience well, sex will be better. You outside will be. Yeah, better. but I'm going to go. Deep, deep. I'm going to
2: go deeper than that mm. on this because this is. Let's be real, dude. The number one abuse substance in the world food. is food. Food. So it's like a drug for many, many people. And somebody who is getting that's diabetic from this, right? If you weren't born with it, so if you're, if you, if you, if you get diabetes later on in your life. From food consumption. That is a result of the this addiction to food that you have. And not fixing that is still continuing to feed that addiction. People want and to so
3: remain the, numb and unaware.
2: So the problem is not with the food. Mm-hmm. The problem is not with his choices. It's why is he making those choices? Totally. Why, why, why do you want to be disconnected or non-present to the point or or to ignore, like you're saying, Justin? Why is that? and that is where if you're going to fix somebody like your dad or I'm going to fix somebody like my sister and I know that I know that my sister is battling other things right now and the way she's the, the way she's taking care of her health is just an expression of that sure it's resulted from the bad choices of food but it's not the food's fault it's what she's what she's covering up with that And that's with almost everybody with these situations. It's anything,
1: any any drug or whatever And I can't
2: provide that. I can't give that to this person. Now, as a family member, you can love them. You can try and be there for that. And like I said, the best way that I have gotten through to these type of people is to exemplify it in my life. So they want that because
3: Mm, they see. Yeah, the old expression, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Like uh, I've been literally dealing with this with my dad for a long time. And just recently had a breakthrough. So it's really what happened. It's not impossible. You know, people can change their mentality and their their mindset towards it. I think the the only problem is when when it gets to a point where like something health-wise becomes like a real problem, you know, and they have a scare. And uh, this is somewhat of of why, you know, the shift and the change of mentality, like I knew there's an opportunity there for me to kind of come in and help educate and kind of steer a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I mean, he was like getting up and down from his chair and getting really lightheaded and like having heart problems and all these types of things. And, and it's just, there's just so many different things. Like he's a bigger guy, six, seven, you know, he's like carrying all this excess weight. Think about what got to
2: him though. Was it, was it you or was it because he had a scare and that woke him up just like you hear all the time with people with drinking and driving who all of a sudden have this crazy accent they live and all of a sudden they don't drink anymore mm-hmm. afterwards again it's the addiction to the the food and so, and some people and some people don't wake up from that yeah some people go through what he goes through and then and and then totally and yes, still stay they stays. don't
3: respond at all well and i think too like like if you're like really concerned you just kind of look for those escalating kind of like issues and, and and you try to just kind of be there. And, and I, I was always there kind of like giving little seeds here and there and just like, not, I wasn't trying to like, you know, I knew he was stubborn. I know he's stubborn. I'm not trying to like educate him, you know, I'm the uh-huh. son, but at the same time, like he, I could tell he was becoming more receptive. And so what I, I was just starting like, Hey, check out this documentary, <laughs> you know, like somebody else is saying it on here. That's really like, Easily digestible. I know it's like within something you would do. You could watch it, and after you watches it, like it was the science of fasting. You watch that, you just you got like super inspired by it. And I didn't see that coming at all, dude. It's uh, that's a good point because you chose a really good moment to do that. Like
2: you know, he's already being motivated because of the scare, and then to help to provide some Mm -hmm. information or knowledge to him in that arena, I think is a is a smart strategy. So
1: I mean, uh, we're all experiencing this right now because we're all in our you know mid to late thirties. So. I'm being personally now faced with my parent, the real, the reality of the mortality of two of the most important people in my life, which are my parents. Now they're not super old, but my dad just turned 60. And this is when you look at health problems right around the age of 60 is when you start to see them start to creep up pretty quickly. And as every age, it goes up faster and faster. And so it's just something that I have to, it's something I have to deal with and grapple with. And I think what you're saying, Adam, is absolutely correct. Like First, you have to accept it, like accept that they make their own decisions because what will end up happening is if you refuse to accept it, if you refuse to accept it, you will ruin the relationship you have with that individual right. or you're fucking torment yourself. And let's be honest, yeah. if you don't take, a, take care of your health, which includes your mental and emotional health, um, then you're not going to be there for them if they need it um, and you're going to end up hurting yourself. So that's number one. Um, so you can't force people to... To do anything, all you can do is be a good example and be there if they have at, if they ask questions. But there is there are a couple strategies that I've identified that tend to be more successful. One of them is the one that I mentioned, where you reframe it instead of living longer or whatever. It's hey man, it's a lot better right now. That's one of them. And the other thing is, anytime you're trying to change, and I learned this by the way, managing salespeople. Okay, I, trust me, this is all connected. If you're trying to change a behavior that's that is. Uh, you know, that has become kind of hardwired or it's become a part of someone's behavior. One of the best things you could do is change the environment. So let me give you an example of what I mean. When I had salespeople, I would notice after a particular period of time of managing them and we would get rolling and people would get cocky, people would start to get lazy. All of a sudden, this guy's not making as much phone calls. This guy's not hustling as much. This guy's not, you know, this girl over here is not doing what she's supposed to like she was three months ago when we were pushing and motivated and grinding. So what I would do is I'd come in in the morning real early and I'd switch everybody's desk around or I'd take their chairs away or I'd do something stupid where all of a sudden their environment is just a little bit different. Now they're standing or now they're sitting somewhere different or now I have them, sometimes I take their desk and put them outside. Now we're gonna sit outside and you know we're gonna talk to people or whatever. Just changing the environment, sometimes it's almost like it gives you this fresh like, okay, I'm in a new spot. I feel like every, anything's possible. I feel like we could start to change things. So an example of that would be, you know, uh, if I took a family member or if I go on a vacation with a family member, like, oh, we're all going to go to Hawaii. And when we're there, I can talk to them and be like, hey, listen, while we're there, would you mind if I, you know, took 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 charge of all the food? Would you mind if I kind of managed that and controlled that? And I'll make sure it's tasty, but I'm also going to make sure it's healthy. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, they'll be like, yeah, I'll agree to that. But because they're in Hawaii, it's a different, or whatever, it's a different environment. Everything seems possible. So now I kind of convince them to follow this thing. And now I've had five or seven days. And now I start to ask questions like, how did you sleep last night? Oh man, I'm sleeping really good. How's your digestion? Oh, I can't believe it. And I've done this with my dad before where I'll change the environment a little bit. And all of a sudden my dad's like, you know, my back's not hurting me anymore. Man, I'm starting to feel energetic. And I'll point out like, it's because of the food, it's because of this. And because I give them the experience of what it feels like, (laughs) The odds become stronger, but by no means is it guaranteed no. because you are dealing with some hard shit
2: yeah. to change.
1: Yeah. Absolutely yeah. hard yeah, shit to
2: they change. Have to. because they eventually they're going to have to, just like somebody who's addicted to drugs, eventually you will have to address... Because what normally happens with addicts is they trade one addiction for the next, yeah. and they never really solve the problem. I've seen this countless times with even close friends of mine who... You know, battle with some sort of addiction and they've been clean and sober for 10 years. But then when you evaluate their life, they're, they've just picked other habits up that they're extremely addicted to because what's happening is those people aren't really addressing the root cause. So eventually they will have to just change to shape. face that. And yeah. I think for, you know, like I think that those are great tips for somebody who's a family member. Uh, but don't, don't let this keep you up at night because it will. It'll it'll just put stress on just your relationship. Just accept it. Accept right. reality. Right. It'll, it'll just, you know, maybe they do want to live that way. And that's where I've just, because I, and I got people that are family and close to me that, that say that, Adam, listen, I don't plan to live more than another 10, 15 years. And it's
1: so hard to swallow, right? Yeah,
2: it is. It's And for me, that's like, oh my God, I'm like, but who am I? And, and someone who's saying this to me has lived a very full life. And and I think as I'm getting older, I'm starting to understand that a little bit better because, you know, when I think about that, like, what are what are some things that I really want to do or want to accomplish? You know, I've checked off a lot of those things, mm-hmm. man. I'm, I'm a pretty happy person overall. And some people may feel like they've already. and
1: And, dude, let's be honest. The reality is the more you force people, the more they tend to dig their heels in. And right. not want to fucking do so. Right. And yeah, sometimes yeah. when you step off of you it, can't you can't force it. You know how many times I've like backed off, and then, you know, a few right. months later, all of a sudden they're like, hey, Sal, would you mind? No, you just me? remain
3: available and, you know, understanding. But yeah, you let them come to their mm-hmm. own conclusions.
1: Excellent. Hey, check it out. Uh, if you're listening to this on anything other than the Mind Pump app, uh, you're missing out. We actually have an app now, and it's free. All you got to do is go to the app store. Download the Mind Pump Media app and it lets you listen to the podcast. You can, at some point, you'll be able to comment. Um, it's got better features. It's uh, There's got a search function on there. So now you can search for topics. It's already better than your normal podcast app. And we're going to be uh, advancing it and growing it. And we're going to be adding things to it. So get on there now and download the app. And also go to our YouTube channel. We've got some free workouts on there right now. And we've got some special stuff coming up uh, at the end of the month. So just go to Mind Pump TV, subscribe to our channel, set up your notifications because we're going to make an announcement at the end that you're not going to want to miss that will be time sensitive.
0: Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes Maps Anabolic, Maps Performance, and Maps Aesthetic